Hello, everybody. Chet here once again for episode 127 of the Dark Art Society podcast. Thank you for joining me. Uh, let's see. Where do I begin? Um, actually, first off, let me get some business out of the way. I still have my uh, Patreon promotion going for my personal Patreon which is patreon.com slash chetzar. I am offering a free glow-in-the-dark gas mask pin for anybody who donates and joins up at any level. So it's a pretty good deal. Um, that's going on for the rest of this month. And uh, thank you, everybody, who has joined up. I hope you're enjoying the Patreon. I'm putting a lot of time and energy into it and lots of cool stuff is coming down the pike. Uh, I am starting to get more people joining on there, and it's really changing my life. So I see this as my lifeboat, the thing that's going to save me, get me off the hamster, hamster wheel of pay, living paycheck to paycheck and sale to sale and all this business. So I really appreciate your support in that arena. Um, yeah. So that's that. Patreon.com slash Chetzar. You can join for as little as a dollar a month. The other thing I wanted to mention, well, aside from the Dark Art Society Patreon, which is Patreon.com slash Dark Art Society, and that supports this podcast. Uh, membership is always welcome there, and we have a Dark Art Society cooperative, and that you uh, secret face group, Facebook group, where it's not really secret anymore. It's more of a, it's not a public group. That's a, a really cool group, and an upcoming website that I'll talk about after I get through this stuff. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is a good friend of mine, Lee Shamel, is going through a really bad time right now financially. He's just had this series of bad luck events, and he needs to get a car. He's had some health problems. It's just everything just kind of fell in on him at once, and he's kind of at this point where if he doesn't get a car so that he can get work and pay his rent, he could seriously get so far behind that uh, he might not be able to get back out again. So I don't want to see my good friend Lee homeless or anything. So I wanted to promote his emergency fundraiser on Facebook. Now, the thing about Lee, everybody will say this about him. I don't think Lee has an enemy out there. He is the coolest, nicest guy. He's seriously one of the nicest people I know. And he also is so helpful with anything, any cool art project. He's always helping out at Copro, setting shows up. He comes out just to help out. He never asks for anything in return. He's come to, he helped set up the Dystopia show. He helped organize all these props and everything, um, these sets. He asked friends of his to help. He's just amazing. And so this is uh, uh, an opportunity to really help someone that truly needs it and deserves it. So anyway, I don't know what the actual address is here, but it's if you look up Lee's personal 
emergency fundraiser on Facebook. You can donate to that or share it. If you don't have any money, just share it. That would be great. Um, let's see. His name is Lee Shamel, L-E-E. His last name is S-H-A-M-E-L on Facebook. So that's my plea for Lee. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's get on with it. My life. What's going on in my life? Uh, oh, I got, uh, I got my car. I finally, you know, for those of you, if you're not, don't know the story about me finally buying a new car after 30 years of driving shitty cars. And then six months later, getting hit by another car and totaling that car. Well, insurance came through and covered the down payment and paid off the car, covered the down payment for, for this next car. So I was able to get a 2020 Kia Soul, and it's so amazing. So it all kind of worked out in the end, because now I have a better car, even though it was kind of a traumatic experience. But I always look on the bright side of things, so we're stoked about this car. So that whole car issue is over, thank God, because that was really, uh, you know, that was it was rough that was the the month i got that eye infection and all that other <laughs> terrible thing shit was happening uh so things seem a lot better though um again i'm still just trying to keep uh my studies that i owe going working on the dystopia book bringing money in when i can um when i need to so it's still very busy, but things are a little more under control, which is great. So I'm doing well. I hope you all are doing well out there as well. I know a lot of people seem to be going through some shit right now, but you'll get through it. We all get through it. You just have to hang in there. And that's all there is to it. Okay, so the thing I wanted to mention about the website is I think the website is almost ready. But I'm not sure when we're going to launch it. We have to maybe plan this out. But this new website for the Dark Art Society is going to be like almost like its own little Facebook, but just for the Dark Art Society. It's an experiment. <clears throat> um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but it seems really cool. Like you, you get to create your own account. And, um, this, I think what we'll be doing is, you know, moving from the Facebook page to the, the Facebook cooperative group to the dark art society website, maybe as a, as a perk for joining the Patreon. So I, I, it's, I don't have a ton to say about it yet, but it is exciting. And I just, I did want to bring it up and mention it, that it is very close. Um, and we just have to sort of finish a couple things and pick a launch date. I was thinking maybe next month would be good, but then again, maybe October would be good because it's October and we all love October and Halloween. I mean, it'd be cool to launch it on Halloween. How, how cool would that be? But I don't know. We're still thinking about it. Any suggestions you have, feel free to comment. Oh, also, I asked the question last week if the intros I was, I was, I have been doing since Mike left are too long or if people don't like them or like them. And it seems like the general consensus is that everybody's enjoying the format the way it is. 
so far. And um, there's other ideas floated around, like maybe chopping the, the intro off for Patreon subscribers only, and then just having the interview, which is maybe what the, the general public who doesn't support the podcast financially just wants the artist interview and they're not really interested in what's going on with me. So that's a possibility too. But for now, just to keep things simple, because I still am, you know, juggling a million things and uh, barely have time to get everything done. So for now, we'll just keep it like it is. Um, Five questions and all that business. So, okay. And, and I, and I realized last week I ripped you guys off with a, of one of the questions of the five questions and I would make it up today, but I think I only have five questions left. So that was a mistake on my part last week. See, I was so paranoid about going on and and going on too long that I cut it short and, uh, (laughs) accidentally left out a question. So anyway, let's see, I guess that's about it. Okay. Let's get on. Oh, let's get on with the uh, new Patreon subscribers. Okay, I think I left it. I'm seeking Soma. Well, first off, um, I, I think I left somebody out a while back who joined, and I wanted to give a special shout out to Christopher Lee Duncan and Jazzy. Thank you for supporting. I'm sorry I missed your name the first time. You guys are amazing. I believe Jazzy is a budding young artist, so I look forward to seeing your work in the future, and thank you for supporting. Okay, let's see. I think I left off at, I know it, did I, David Michael Wright? I'm going to assume that, um, I'm just going to pretend like I I didn't say these last week, because I'm not 100% sure I did. I need a better system for this. Okay, David Michael Wright, thank you. Seeking Soma. Thank you for supporting. And finally, Joseph Raid. Thank you all so much for supporting this podcast. We couldn't do it without you. I definitely couldn't do it without you. We, we, I couldn't do it. I'd have to be, you know, spending this time trying to make some money. Okay. So five questions. Five questions, five questions. Let's get get on with this. Um, okay. Here's one from Christopher Dombos. What do you do when and if you have a creative block and need to get the juices flowing again? Well, for me, the only time, usually the time I have a creative block is from fatigue. So it's a, for me, it's as simple as rest. Meditation helps, though. You know, if you're if you're uh, lacking ideas and you're not sure what to do, meditation can really help. And and if you one thing I'm learning with all this um, ceremonial magic and chaos magic stuff that I've been studying is that there are specific meditations and visualizations specifically for this issue. Like if you need ideas. There, there's ways of of, um, of tapping into your subconscious through uh, visualizations, and it's pretty amazing. 
the what what your mind will tell you when you ask it in the right way. I guess is a good way of putting it. Um, that's magic.me is where I'm studying it. I can't say enough good things about it. It's really, really great stuff. M-A-G-I-C-K. And um, yeah, I interviewed Jason Louv, the guy who created the website um, a while back on here. So you could find that if you want to get more info. So uh, yeah, meditation, rest. I like to seeing... I've said this before, seeing, going to good art shows, looking through art books, anything, whenever I see really good art, I become inspired to create something myself. So that's a pretty big one. Okay, let's go on to question two. Um, Eric Tengren asks, give us the pitch for the dystopia movie. Uh, I probably should have thought about this one first. I would say it's an alternate dimension filled with fear and now that's no good. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, it's an, uh, I don't have a pitch for it, but basically I'll, I'll just kind of say what it is. I see it the way I view it. It's kind of like an alternate reality that is created from the collective fear and anxiety of human beings. And it's manifested as another kind of dimension that is like a physical place, sort of, but just in some other reality. And there's a lot of anxiety and fear and creepiness and beings who don't know what's going on, confusion and chaos, and a ruling class, let's just put it that way, as well as a kind of secret um, cabal that's doing things behind the scene. And only one man could save them. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's that's my little lame pitch for the dystopia movie. Okay, when Wendy Gadzuk was going to ask the group this as a general question, but I'll ask you here: Who are some of your favorite artists that do not do figurative work? Are there any? That is a great question that I don't have an answer to. Um, you know, I'm not that interested in non-figurative artwork. To be honest, it's just, I just, you know, don't find it that interesting. I don't have anything against it. And I think it's cool that some people are into that. Uh, I kind of wish in a way that I could be paint like that. I feel like it'd be very difficult for me to paint in a non-representational way. It's a whole different trip. Uh, you know, there's a conceptual artist. I've mentioned before, and I don't know his name. He's like a Scandinavian guy, I think. And I mean, stuff, I guess that's non representational, right? Conceptual art. He's the guy that made the, the digesting machine where you've put food in one end and it processes the food and then shit comes out the other end. Kind of amazing. He's done some really interesting things. 
Um, but I don't know if that's, I mean, I guess it's non-representational, right? Okay. Sorry, Wendy. I don't really have a good answer for you. <laughs> uh, but that's the answer. I don't really, I can't think of any abstract artists that like, I go, wow, I guess that Gerhardt Richter is a, is a cool, um, uh, abstract artist, but you know, that's only because I watched a documentary about him and understood his process and why he was doing what he was doing. And, and then I kind of dug it. I had that same situation with Andy Warhol. I thought Andy Warhol was terrible until I watched that, um, PBS documentary, three hour PBS documentary about him. And after that, I was like, wow, he's, he, he is the real deal and amazing. Okay, that's question two. Question three, uh, let's see. This is a great question that I don't know that I have the answer to, but Michael Meech asked, what elevates the perception of a piece of art from being just a hobby piece and not serious to professional fine art? That may be the million dollar question. Um, I mean, certainly there is, you could say in general, there is a certain amount of technical mastery is one thing, but that's not always true though. Cause then there are outsider artists or folk artists that are, you know, still kind of fine art when you get down to it. Um, so, you know, I think that aside from technical prowess or really strong concept i think that when something is elevated to fine art it has that thing that you can't put your finger on that special something that kind of magic thing that just resonates with people but having said that you know i'm not a big jeff coons fan and I don't really dig his whole thing. I don't like much about him that I know. From what I know about him, he doesn't seem like, I don't know. I'm not into the scene, not into his artwork really, and his attitude. You know, I saw one thing, he, some interviewer, he said, I'm successful because I want it more than anyone else, or some bullshit like that. But I think he was trying to be controversial. But even, being controversial like that is stupid. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, one thing he said that I thought was true, and I don't know if he, you know, stole this from someone else or came up with it himself, but he said that art happens in the mind of the viewer. And I thought that was interesting and kind of true. Because it depends on the, the person viewing it, really, how they perceive it. Uh, you know, like, okay, as a little kid, I used to look at Frazetta, Frazetta paintings, and I used to think they're you know, amazing, fine art. But at the time, he was considered an illustrator, and it probably, I don't think in the, the fine art community, it was even considered really fine art. However, over time, people realized he was a genius, and now his stuff is considered fine art. But in my mind, when I was a young kid, uh, I saw it as fine art. 
Um, on the other hand, a little kid might see something that just somebody scribbled and uh, on a on a wall and isn't good and think it's fine art. And it's probably not fine art. Maybe it's just something someone scribbled. But you know, this is the the big question of art. I I um as an artist, I don't worry about it too much because I just it's 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 fun to think about, but it's not why I'm doing it, and it's not what motivates me to create art. I just want to make things and hope it has that magic in it to make it fine art, I guess. Okay. Let's see what else we got. Okay, Laura Dan. Laura Dan printed the Dark Art Society shirts, which you can still get on the Dark Art Society Patreon if you bump your pledge up to the $50 level for a month. You can get the really high quality Dark Art Society shirt. I still I bought a bunch of extras, so they are still available. Her company is milkprints.com and, and they did a perfect job with these shirts. They're so good. Anyway, she said, you mentioned you are meditating. I was wondering if you'd like to add in the intro any meditation tips or inspirational quotes. Well, I don't have any inspirational quotes off the top of my head, but um, I could say tips for meditating. I, I do, generally I do just a kind of simple meditation where I'm just quieting my mind down and focusing on my breathing. And it's really as simple as, you know, finding a relaxing sitting position, keep your back up straight, breathe in through your nose slowly and breathe back out and focus your attention on the feeling of the breath going in your nose and out of your nose. That's it. Now what happens, you'll do that for a few seconds and then you'll start thinking about all this other crazy stuff. Because everybody's minds are already always going a million miles a minute. And the, the purpose of meditation is to clear your mind and, and, and being able to control your mind so that it doesn't get like that all the time. So it's not like that all the time. It's like you're giving your mind a break and centering yourself. But uh, so... What happens when you start thinking, because you will start thinking right away, you just go, oh, I'm thinking, and then you focus back on the breath, in and then out, in and then out. You just keep doing that. And basically, when you first start, it's you're going to think, you're going to be start thinking, draw your attention back to the breath, for you know, it'll last for a few seconds, then you'll start thinking again, and you draw your attention back to the breath. And then doing this is basically like lifting a weight. So that you get stronger, your mind gets more um, accustomed to, to doing that. Now, the thing is, like with lifting a weight, you get stronger when you do it. When you train your mind back to your breath, it gets stronger in the sense that it can stay empty for a longer period of time and stay focused on the breath for a longer period of time. Everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people say, oh yeah, I tried meditation once, I can't do it. That's bullshit. Everybody can do meditation. And if you feel like you can't, it's because you didn't do it long enough. It's, you know, you have to do this every day, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes, if that's all you can handle. I 
do it for 30 minutes. I'm trying to get to an hour, but 20, 20 minutes is what I did for a long time. And now I've moved it up to 30 minutes and found the results are better, but I heard that an hour is supposed to be the best, but that's not that important. The important thing is that you do it every single day. So if you do it, you'll probably go for days and maybe weeks to where it just feels like pointless and you keep thinking and then you keep focusing on your breath and then you start thinking again, then you start focusing on your breath and you start thinking again and then you bring it back to your breath over and over. It's frustrating. It's boring. It sucks. But the more you do it every day, the longer the periods where you can focus on your breath will be and the shorter the periods of chaotic thought will be until you get to a point where you can have generally an empty mind for a 20 minute period or a 30 minute period or even a five minute period. It's amazing to have your mind silent for five minutes. People don't realize how difficult that is. And when you get it, how amazing it is. It's like, wow, it's a totally different feeling. So that's basically how you do it in the very most you know, general sense. But there are tons of different ways to meditate, lots of different techniques, transcendental meditation and all that stuff. So those are just kind of flavors, different flavors of the same thing. I would recommend it to everybody. Okay. Okay. This is question five. I hope, I think, uh, okay. Uh, Oh, I think this is Dan Kalana. Cause I cut his name off when I screen grabbed this. I think this is you, Dan. Or is it? Yeah, I think it is. If it's not, sorry. I'll, I'll correct it um, next time. Okay. I would like to ask, does it make a difference where, how we listen to the podcast in order for the Dark Art Society podcast to get more visibility and recognition? That is an excellent question. And I don't really know what the answer is, to be honest with you. I know that, you know, uh, liking it on iTunes Giving a review on iTunes is good. Any review you can give anywhere on any of the different um, podcast services is great. Uh, I think it's really f- f- for a time when maybe there's people, we get enough uh, listens and listeners that that there's people who see those numbers and offer sponsorships and things like that. I have no idea really, but... <clears throat> I would say just anywhere you listen, wherever you listen to it, like it, share it, uh, review it, any of that stuff. Probably sharing, though, I think just sharing on social media is probably the best thing you can do, aside from joining the Dark Art Society Patreon. Um, just spreading the word because we, we haven't taken out any ads or anything, and it's all been completely word of mouth. And people still don't. I just talked to someone today who was a fan, didn't know I had a podcast. <laughs> so it's like I hear it all the time. So I guess that's just shows how poorly I've been promoting it. But again, this is was a uh, grassroots spur of the moment. Well, not spur of the moment, but like a grassroots. Let's just try this out and figure it out as we go. So um, yeah, but but um, the getting it out to, to more people is is key. And so if you know if everybody who listened just shared it after they listened that would be huge because you know 
we usually get 300 at least on soundcloud like three over 300 listens on the first day so um but you know what i'm so bad with this stuff i just don't know that much we host it on soundcloud and then from there it gets fed out to all these other different um podcast uh, services so i don't know if anybody has any advice i'd be i'd love to hear it because i'm still learning about all this stuff okay I forgot to mention who the guest was today. The guest today is Matt Hurtado. Now he is a tattoo artist and a really great painter who also happens to be tattoo artist, painter, Nico Hurtado's little brother. Um, I tried to interview him. I was thinking, you know, maybe he's, I wonder if he's tired of being compared to his brother. So I tried to interview him really um, as his own person, but but he's so cool about his brother and he so appreciates all everything his brother's done for him that he talked about his brother more than I did. So that was really nice. I mean, the Hurtados are amazing people and very humble and none, no bull, ego bullshit um, with them. So it was a great conversation, really interesting. A lot of actually great advice for artists starting out. And I think his story, Matt's story, is pretty unique uh, to anybody else who's I've interviewed on here because he had such a late, late start in art and really achieved what he's achieved by practice more than anything. But I don't want to get into that. Let's just do, do the interview. I'm already good. Look at that. Fuck. 30 minutes. I'm sorry. See what happens. You tell me it's okay to do the intro, and then I completely take advantage of that. Sorry, that's, that was too long. Anyway, okay, I'm going to stop. I uh, hope you enjoy the interview with Matt Hurtado. What is up, Matt? How's it going? Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, man. I'm honored. Yeah, I like all your, your little doodads in the background, those masks and stuff. Yeah, my girl likes to collect some like Venetian masks or just different kinds of masks, you know? Yeah. Well, you know me, I'm all about masks. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've had your brother on, Nico, um, but, you know, you have your own story to tell as as Matt Hurtado and not Nico's little brother. So I want to hear the Matt Hurtado story. Uh, but first I want to say, I think the first time I ever heard about you was when your brother came and bought a little painting from me for you. Oh yeah. 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 Because he was like, he, he was funny because it was before you'd start or you were maybe just starting to paint or something. This was years ago. And, and, and he, he said, uh, yeah, I want to try and inspire my, my, my brother to start painting. So I want to get him this study. And it was, and he came over and picked something and uh, he was just like, so really wanted to encourage you to, to, to become an artist. Basically. I thought well, that was know, so cool. Well, it's pretty cool, man, because I remember um, he, I had asked him, so we'll, we'll take it back a little bit to where I was in high school, mm-hmm. you know, he had already, he's nine years older than I am. So mm-hmm. in high school, you know, he was already tattooing. I was maybe a sophomore, possibly, maybe a junior. Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, and, and he had told me, and he had already been on TV, I think, maybe one time. I think it was on, like, Tattoo Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not LA Inc. yet. 
but he had been, been on that show on TLC and, um, they, or he was like, Hey, you should learn how to, how to draw. So that way, when you get out of high school, I could teach you how to tattoo. And I was like, Oh, nah, I don't know, man. Like that's <laughs> what I want to do. You know, I, I was super into skateboarding and I was like, man, I want to become pro. Like that's my, my dream. That's what I want to do, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, you get out of, you, you realize that once you finish, finish high school, you got to kind of, uh, um, get a job, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's really hard to pursue those kind of things without having that income. Right. right, you know? right. At the time, my mom had moved to Mexico and, um, I had lived with her and it was either I go with my dad or I find somewhere to go. And, you know, my brother was, you know, my brother and his girlfriend, Joanne, um, and his daughter, Lucy, she was about one at the time. Um, they, I asked him if I could live with them and they were cool about it. So I ended up living with them and, you know, uh, I got a job at Target. Uh, Joanne, my brother's wife, uh, her mom was worked at Target for a long time. She got me a job there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was working the night shift, and uh, my brother was like, "Hey, you want to make some extra cash? You could make my needles and scrub my tubes and do some stuff around the shop." And I was like, "Cool." I think he was paying me like five bucks a needle or ten bucks a needle, and you know, these needles took forever to make. Like. 10 needles took me like two or three hours, you know wow. what I mean? Or two hours wow. or something. Was this his um, own shop or was it a, uh, no, he worked at ignition tattoo in Apple Valley. It was a uh, Jamie Sheen shop. Um, so, okay. you know, Jamie was okay. cool, was, was cool enough to let me kind of go and do those things for him and make some extra cash on the side. You know, um, I didn't have a car at the time. So like I would go with my brother to work and then, you know, uh, he, you know, his, his wife or his girlfriend would let me go back and forth with her car, or, you know, but I'd go to the shop, do that stuff for him. And as, uh, as it went on, I, you know, I kind of seen what he did, you know, and what kind of people he was around and, uh, what kind of life he kind of lived and so you what did, he got to do. Pr- prior to that, you, you weren't aware of like his social circle really, or his kind of his life. No, not at all, man. Oh, um, interesting. I, uh, I kind of knew a little bit, but, um, he was older than me, so like I didn't really hang out with. Oh, yeah, him. nine nine, make- nine years is a big difference yeah. for brothers, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty big. You know what I mean? So, um, I, you know, when I became eighteen, I ended up started hanging out with him more, and you know, uh, we actually grew pretty close. You know, what I mean, because I lived with them, and you know, I was around them a lot, and I would go with him to places, and when he would go to just say like some art show or you know go hang out with a certain artist, he'd always ask, "Hey, you want to go hang out? You want to go do that with me?" and I, I loved going with him, you know, and getting to see what he did. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool, man. Like, this is, this is like my kind of people. Like, yeah. these people are cool. <laughs> but totally. I mean, like, <laughs> are cool, you know, and, and I wanted to go to, and then I was like, you know, hey, I want to learn how to tattoo. I asked him and he was like, well, if you really want to learn how to tattoo, I want you to fill up a sketchbook and take a community college class. Wow. And I was like, well, okay. Wow. He's like, if you're serious, you do that and I'll consider it, you know? So I bought a sketchbook did terrible, terrible, terrible drawings in it. Um, <laughs> took a community art class, uh, but I just fell in love with it, man. You know, and and uh, it it was the same thing that kind of skateboarding had given me. Like I, I don't think I'm a very talented person, um, but you know, when I started skating, I wasn't very good. And then I think after time and putting the long, hard hours into it, I got pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with, with art. It was like I was at the very lowest low. You know what I mean? Like I took art in high school and didn't really care and I failed it. And then I took it a second second time to get credits to try to graduate because I needed um, extra credit. Um, failed it again. I ended up just dropping out of school. Wow. Um, 
but uh yeah i i, I was like i gotta i want to do this you know so i started doing it i started drawing and went uh to the class and he was like cool he's like well he's like i, I don't know if well i'll start apprentice after i did it he was like i don't know if i'm gonna start apprenticing you now because it's not my shop he's all maybe when i open my own shop we could we could start it you know and i think at the time jamie was okay with me maybe starting to apprentice but i think my brother was like oh, I, I don't know what i'm gonna do yet you know mm -hmm. um so i ended up moving to my dad's in san fernando valley and taking a couple of night classes at art center oh, and cool. it was really cool. it was like you know i i at, at the time i was I love I like tattooing and I like that that culture of it and everything about it. Um, but I really liked fine art too. Like I liked, you know, these amazing paintings that people were doing and all kinds of different stuff. And uh, I was like, man, maybe I want to pursue like going to school for art and maybe go, going and getting like a degree in fine art or something, you know. And um, that had always been kind of what I wanted to do as well. Um, more recently, though, I I, I think tattooing is just really where it's at. <laughs> really? Yeah, you found your little your 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 comfort zone. The thing that you know, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of different places you can go with a creative life, you know. And it's you sort of have to pick one. I think. I mean, not you are obviously a great painter too, and a great tattooer. So, but as far as you know, it's good to have a main thing. I think you know. Sure. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's you know for a long time tattooing was painting was main thing but i think i'm busier now with tattooing where i can tattoo a lot and i don't paint as much but when i come back to painting it's really good and i i need to figure out that balance you know because i still want to paint a lot i have a lot of ideas for larger paintings and id like stories that i want to tell with that stuff but going back to to, to you know going to school for uh at an art center for a couple of classes at night i ended up coming back because our brother was going to open up his shop in asperia here black mm -hmm. anchor and um he uh, was like, hey, you know, let's start, you know, I, he's like, uh, now you'll be able to start your apprenticeship. And uh, I started my apprenticeship and it took me, it, it took me a little bit longer just because I didn't, I was learning how to draw at like 18. You know what I mean? Like right. I never really, when I was a kid, like I, I really didn't, you know, and um, what a trip. So, so it was, a, it was, it was a, a little bit harder. I feel like learning that, you know, but, um, oh, there's one thing I wanted to say too about uh, the painting he had bought from you for me he had shown me your work and i was like man his work's awesome like it was monsters you know what i mean i love <laughs> the, the creativeness of it and just creating your own thing you know something that doesn't exist you know right. it's cool um and uh, i was like man his work's really cool and i was like i think i was on ebay and i, I used to do this a lot and, and i still do this like i'll look up things like what is what is this worth i want to see if i could try to buy one of these or figure it out I'll go on ebay and i'll look up you know my brother was like hey there's a Chedzar on eBay, this little study he did. I think you had posted maybe, I don't know if you had posted it somewhere else on social media and then you had, it was up on there. Yeah, it was not a thing. I was, I was selling stuff on, once in a while I put stuff on eBay, but uh, back then I was starting to sell stuff on eBay. Yeah, and it was, I, and I think it was on eBay and, and I was like, oh, I think it's cool. And he's like, yeah, it's not that bad. You know, the price is pretty good. And I'm like, dang, that's cool. Like, at the time I couldn't afford anything, man. Like, I, I was making, you know, target wages and and you know i i was spending my money on dumb stuff or whatever you know <laughs> yeah and going out with my friends you know partying or something and uh you know um my brother's like yeah you know it's cool i'm like man you should buy it i'm like you should buy it like that's cool like it's a cool and it's like yeah i'm thinking about buying it. i'm thinking about buying it and i remember going and like watching the time run out and being like oh what's the time or, or like how much is it going for now how much is it going for now <laughs> 
oh, it's sold. And I was like, oh, you didn't get it. I was like, man, that sucks. You didn't get it. Like I was actually stoked for him to get it. So that uh, way I could to, you know, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it'd be a cool piece to have, you know? And then, um, he's like, yeah, somebody bought it, man. And I was like, oh dude, that sucks. Like I was bummed for him that he didn't get it, you know? Uh, and then when Christmas came around, he had given it to me for Christmas. And I was like, dude, that's <laughs> like, I, I, it was my first piece of original artwork that I had owned. That's so cool. And it was, and, and I have it here. It's actually back there hanging on the wall, you know? Um, it's one of my favorite pieces I own and oh, it's awesome. super, super sentimental. You know what I mean? That's so cool. That's, that's what one of the great things about art is it's like, it's like you, know, you know, really symbolizes a time in your life. You can really kind of get an attachment to it. For you sure. Know? I think, you know, there's, there's people that have, um, like I always tell people like, you know, if you buy a painting that, that means something to you and, and you have it in your house, like even if it's not worth money, in the long run or, or anything, if you're not, you know, if you're not trying to make money off of it, you know, what if your kids see that painting and they grow up with it and they have this certain connection to say, say if I bought a painting and I had a son or a daughter and I had this painting in my house and it was a painting that I, that I loved and, you know, my kids grew up with it and then I passed away. Right. And then the kid was like, I, I just want that painting. Right. Like, I want that painting in my house because my dad had it and I want my kids to have it. And, you know, that, there's a painting of my grandmother that my family had owned and um, it was awesome, man. It was just a cool painting of her when she was young and, you know, she's beautiful in it. And uh, I don't know what happened to it. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of my family members has it or something, but that's like one of the things it's like, you know, to have it, to have it would be pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, family heirloom, you know, I got, yeah. when my dad died, I got, there was this one painting that he, this big ass painting that he, um, that was in our living room always and it's like my one of my favorite paintings of his and i was like i have to have that painting because it's just like totally him you know for it's sure so great to have um yeah I, I remember i watched it's funny because i watched you um grow as an artist and you you I, you progressed as an artist faster than i think any i know i've told you this too faster than i think anybody i've ever seen go from like zero to 60 in such a short time. So I, you know, it's weird f to hear you say you don't think you have talent, but do you, do you attribute it more to working your ass off? But there, there's certainly must be some kind of art gene in your family somewhere down the line. <laughs> and you know, it's, it, it's it, like I said, I don't like my brother. Like I feel like he, so, so I remember my brother telling me always, and I'll, I'll probably reference my brother a, a lot in this because that's, that's yeah. a huge, <laughs> part of my life that's you know, cool that's cool this, you know to this day um and i'm sure for the rest of my life but uh he, he used to tell me you know talent talent and a little bit of hard work won't get you as far as somebody who has a whole lot of hard work and drive and a little bit of talent yeah. you know what i mean and um, definitely you know but with some but but on the flip side of that there's somebody who has a lot of talent and who works really hard <laughs> above and beyond, you know what I mean? And, and, and I could say my brother's one of those people. He's right. a very talented person. And, and I talked to somebody recently and they were telling me that you can't say someone's talented because that takes away their hard work. But for my brother, he's talented. I think he just understands things, you know, like just really good. And I think just are, I think it's just, he just could do it, you know, and he's worked very, very hard at it to the point where he's at. So I'm not taken away from yeah. dogs. It's just talent, but you know, he's come to this point in his life where 
where you know he's you know tattooing celebrities and doing all this cool shit you know and it's like he deserves it because he's worked he's not only talented but he's worked super hard at it you know and i think for me uh, i'm not as i'm not talented i'm not as talented but i i work hard you know and i and there was times where you know i wanted to be better and and i think the best I think when you start something, if you're good at it right away, it's hard because you're just good. It's easy. It's like, right. oh, well, you know what I mean? Like it, it but when, when you're not good and you're at the very bottom of, of, you know, the totem pole, you're like, fuck, man, I got to get better. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's Remember? nowhere, nowhere to go, but up too, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're just going to, you know, if you start already good, you're like, well, I'm good already, you know, but right. I don't need to practice. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can practice a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you, you got to practice still, yep. you know? Yep. And, and I remember going to, um, and like, I was very like fortunate because, you know, when, and this is like something like, like I need to, like, I think about, and it's like my brother used to go paint with like Husser or like Sean Barber. Mm-hmm. And he'd always ask like, Hey, is it cool if my brother could come? And like, I had that instant in, you know, with them because they were, uh, they knew my brother already and they'd be like, yeah, bring your brother. You know, my brother used to be like, Oh, can I bring my little brother? You know? So I became like the little brother, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, um, I used to go paint from life with at Husser's house. Man, they were there. My paintings were terrible. I, you know, I didn't know how to paint. I didn't know really how to even draw, you know? Right, and right. Um, I was painting with Husser. I was painting with Kevin Llewellyn was there. You know, amazing. was there. All these people were there and, and Carlos Torres was there and we were like, uh, and I tried it, man. I tried my best and I gave it my best and, and I wasn't, I was embarrassed a lot of the times, and, <laughs> you know, but I did it. And, you know, the, those are the things that when I was alone on my, on my own time, I was like, I need to get better at painting, man. Like I, like I need to like really work on this. Like I, if I want to do anything, I gotta, I gotta work, right. you know, so go to the shop, you know, I do the things for my brother. I do the apprentice things and clean the shop, shop help, you know, all that. And then after that, I would go home and, uh, I paint for like three, four, five, six, sometimes eight hours, you know, wow full day and I'd stay up all night and I'd paint and I'd try different things and I tried to create different ideas and all this different stuff. And I think that's, that helped me a lot and doing a lot of little paintings. I think doing a lot of little five by seven, eight by 10 paintings. I always, I always recommend that to younger painters. Like don't try and make a huge epic when you don't really know what you're doing. Focus on quick little, you know, small pieces just to practice for sure. sure. And I think that's like, um, like, uh, a a big problem with people is is that they, they're like, okay, I'm going to learn how to paint. I'm going to do this portrait. And I'm like, Oh dude, no, you can't do that. You chose the hardest thing right off the bat. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, no man. Like, like I, like I, like I always say like, okay, paint like a ball, like a sphere or something, a cube. Yep. Yep. You can make that cube look like a cube and make it look really awesome. People are going to be like, that's a pretty good cube. Like that looks like a cube, you know? But if you do a portrait and you don't even get it close, you're like, <laughs> that's not, that's not very good. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got to start simple and that's what I did. And I remember my brother telling me, he's like, you know, you kind of started off taking yourself to your own school. Like you would do these little simple paintings and you would try to figure out, you know, how paint works and how brushes work and how different mediums are different. You know, you're testing and you're trial and error every time you do it. But if you spend five hours on a small painting and it's done, you next day you do another painting and you keep it fresh and you keep it new, right, you're right. going to make mistakes and you're going to learn faster from those mistakes than, than anything. So each painting is probably going to get a little bit better 
but some things are going to be, oh, I should do this differently. And, but next time I'll do it like this, but next time I'll do it like right. this. And, and you, you start doing a bunch of them and then you move up to your, you know, 11 by 14 painting. And then you do your, you know, 16 by 20. And then you do your, you know, 48 by 60 or whatever. Right. You know? <laughs> That's you, you build it, you know, it's, um, I was right. talking to somebody yesterday and we were talking about, um, you know, when you start off like, uh, like tattooers, like, you know, they want a lot of, I see a lot of tattooers getting into, like want to do oil painting, you know, and they, they're, they're biting off these crazy projects, you know? And I'm like, no, man, you got to do it. Like, uh, um, you know, you got to play. It's like, if you're a football team, you know, try to find a team that's not as good as your team and make your team play them. So they get that one win. And then for the season, they're like killing it because they're, they have that confidence. You right. know, they have that's a great analogy. To, you know, to, to kill it, you know, and I think I got that analogy from that movie, the gridiron king. Is what I, <laughs> I, know, but I think, I think that's what it's from. It's like, you got to have a team if you're like a division one team. You got to have them play like a team that's not as good and you build that confidence. And it's the same thing with little painting. You do that little painting and you try to knock it out of the park. So that way the next time you're confident to go in it, you're not discouraged. Exactly. It, exactly. You know? Yeah, I, I, I know. I mean, I've been through this myself, which is why I know that it's true. And I'm sure, you know, you have as well. But I remember, you know, I had these grandiose ideas of these paintings I saw in my head. And <clears throat> uh, it, it, it really, if you, if you try and paint something big and elaborate and way beyond your skill set, you might be able to pull it off, but it's going to take you 10 times as long and it's going to keep any kind of looseness or spontaneity uh, out of the mix because you're going to be so tense and tight because you don't want to mess it up because it's your epic masterpiece. And so you're super careful. And you know, you know, by the, yeah. the way you paint, you have to have like a looseness. You have to have like just a, a personal kind of like, uh, you know, not like tense. You don't need it. You don't want a tenseness when you're painting. You want kind of like a relaxed feeling when you're painting, you know, and you're going to see that too in a painting. Exactly. You're going to feel it. Yeah. It, it, the confidence and the right. like, Oh, like this person is just having fun. Like mm -hmm. things too, too stiff. You're going to yep. feel like yep. stiff. Like there's no heart to it. There's no love to it. There's totally. just to make this thing perfect. And it's like, you can't make it perfect. Like right. they're going to be perfect. It doesn't matter. Even the masters, I'm sure they saw their paintings and they were like, nah, it probably could be better. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. To all of us, but maybe to them, it's not, you know right, what I mean? Right. You got to have fun. You got to, and you're right. Like you got to be able to paint and like make a stroke or do something that's off, you know, and you, you just got to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause if, if you, if you, you know, are trying to make an epic before your time, then you aren't you're not going to take chances as much you're not yeah. going to to experiment all these you're not going to really be paying attention maybe to the feel of the paint as much because you're going to be so focused on not fucking it up that sure. you know and such a big part of of learning by doing small studies or small paintings is you're you know when you're starting out the paint feels weird certain colors go on different than other colors some are transparent some are opaque you get the yeah. feel of how much medium to use or no medium how long yeah. it takes to dry glazing blah 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 so it's like just makes sense i mean did you kind of arrive at that that realization on your own um i don't know i think i was just i, I I think I didn't want to do anything that was like big and be like, 
oh, fuck, I can't show anybody. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to do little things, you know, I just wanted, I figured if I could do these little paintings and make them look good, maybe that's just, that'll build something. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's and, smart. And I, that's true. And, 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 and I had read a lot about going to school, you know, like I, I really did want to go to school. Um, but I, I remember Sean Barber was, had told me, he's like, Oh man, why do you want to go to school? He's like, just find the artists you, you, you love and just take classes from them. He's right. like, don't get the debt. You know, he's like, I'm not saying he's like, if you really want to do it, do it. He's like, but there's other ways to do it and, and you could do it differently, you know? And, and I remember looking and being like, okay, well, I know they make you do a cube for school. So right. I should set up a cube and paint the cube and then a ball. And then you do different shapes and you add things to the cube and, you know, then you, you slowly build things, but I wanted to do things as in like, uh, you know, um, say I wanted to paint like uh, I used to go to Necromance a lot in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I'd buy like a cat skull. Yeah, I love that place. Kind of like a you know maybe like a little sphere kind of shape or something. Paint that or like a bug. I'd buy a bug and then I'd photograph the bug and paint the bug and do like a small painting of that and little things that were fun that mm-hmm. were exciting and I liked it and yeah um, you know even like the Legos I started doing like that just came out of like not having money and. <laughs> painting um uh it was actually a christmas gonna be a christmas gift for my brother-in-law and uh i was like man i don't know what to paint for him for um for christmas because i was gonna do everybody like a small five by seven painting for christmas you know and i'm like i don't know what to uh what to paint him and you know he, he likes tech and i'm like well he likes star wars i'm like i love star wars too i was like well i have a star wars lego so i'm gonna paint that you know and i painted <laughs> it, it so fun and i was like man this thing is complicated like it being so simple it's pretty complex right. you know what i mean um but those but like doing stuff like that i think that's i think that's where it's at and i think that's where you're gonna really grow fast i tell people a year out of your life do one painting a week do two paintings a week five by seven one sitting don't go back into it again learn from the mistakes if you do one or two of those a week for a year at that end of the year you're you're gonna be a way better painter oh yeah no you question know, going to understand the pain a little bit more you're going to be able to figure out your colors a little bit more you're going to get better at mixing mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to figure out you're really going to work out a ton of kinks yeah you know what i mean um so so i i think small is good you know what i mean yeah it's it's uh i mean yeah it's it's a very smart smart um approach to the whole thing for sure um and it's funny because you've you've developed your own your own thing with those little Lego guys. And, uh, you know, a lot of the paintings you do are, you don't do like huge paintings generally, right? You do generally pretty small stuff, small stuff. Yeah. Still like life I, type things. Yeah. Like, um, you know, uh, I, I've done a few paintings. I have, you know, like a big still life I did of like a piñata with like a Mexican flag in the back. Oh, yeah. That's a great that's one. Not, that's a bigger painting. That's like 30. It's not huge. It's 36 by 48. So three, that's by big. That's pretty you big know? to me. I mean, I, I don't paint much bigger than that myself ever. So, yeah. So, like, I'll do stuff like that. I want to do more stuff like that. I yeah. want to do epic still lifes with a little bit of a twist to it. I want to do more figurative stuff. I have some ideas for that, but um, but generally, yeah, it's it's mostly small. But just because I don't have as much time, right. so like, I want to be able to do a small painting and finish something, and be able to have like something to show for. It. Like, oh, I did this little painting. You know what I mean? I worked out. Maybe I wanted to try something different with it. Maybe I had an idea. I'm going to be able to do it. And then, you know, it's, it's, I remember my brother telling me, um, it's all practice for the big show. Mm. Um, so it's like, it's all practice for the big show. And when's the big show? You don't ever know when the big show is. Right. So it's like, you know, <laughs> you, you do, um, 
you know, when, when like I'll, I'll make time at a certain point to be able to work on large paintings or the large paintings I've, I've done recent or I've done one bigger one recently, but all that work is to do for that one. You know, I, I do these little ones and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do this big one. Now I have time to do it. I'll do that. But it's more time to doing the small ones and being able to keep it loose. Like my, my, my hand, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's tattooing and painting are, are similar, but different. You know, it's like, I went a little bit of a time without painting because I was so busy with tattooing and I started painting again. And I was like, Ooh, I feel a little bit like not rusty, but like a little bit, not as loose, you know, right. like, okay, well I can't let this go that far again. I got to be able to like, you know, not go that long without paint, you know, that way I don't, not, not that you'll lose it, but that way you kind of just are fresh on it always. Yeah. You definitely get rusty if you don't keep, you don't keep, you don't brush, you, don't brush. you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Tattooing is, uh, it, it's, it seems different in the sense that, um, I mean, it's different in a lot of ways, but there's kind of like a precision that you need with tattooing really. And you can't like with your paint, especially a la prima, the way you're painting, you can like wipe something off, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, or move something or fuck around with it until it gets right. But with tattooing, it's like, it's, it's there, there and yeah, you got to deal with honest. it. Yeah. Well, you, you like, it's funny cause I've been showing a little bit, like I've been, I, I, I hate to say teaching cause I don't want to say like, Oh, I'm teaching, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, I've been showing, you know, you know, some people a little bit of things here and there. Um, there's a guy that I, I work with that's been coming and painting, painting with me for about a year. Um, his name is Dan McWilliams and, uh, he, um, and, and, and I've noticed with like a lot of tattooers that have been doing it like with me, that it's a lot of it's really tight. Like they want to make things like perfect, right. you know what it's because they're coming from tattooing, you yeah. know what I mean? You have to make things perfect, you know, and, or perfect as possible, you know? And if you don't make it perfect, you're going to see it, you know? And, and with, and I tell them it, it's a painting, like you could get this painting and put it under your bed and no one's really ever going to see it. Mm -hmm. if you don't way to see it. So have fun with it. Yeah. You're so, you know, you work on a tattoo for somebody, you're doing that for that person. So like do something for yourself, like have fun. Don't make it perfect. Don't worry about making perfect. Like take that, you know, well, what if I do this and use it? Because what if you do it and it's a, it's, it's actually a good step. Right. And you're like, well, what if I try that in my tattooing? Like what if, you know, so it's, it, it's good practice for tattooers, I think, because say if you create a color, you're mixing a color and you're like, wow, I really like that color. I'm going to try to make that color in a tattoo. Right. <laughs> that color in a tattoo and then boom it works and they're like oh man i created a new color that is maybe not create a new color but something i could use for this certain tattoo or these certain types of tattoos right yeah somebody else isn't doing um so i always think it's good you know what i mean but yeah being i always see that problem that they're always really tight and it's like no nah, man loosen up like you know have fun with it. it's a painting like i remember sean telling me like and uh uh, you know, it's a painting, man. Like, have fun. Like, it's just a painting. Like, <laughs> you're not doing heart surgery. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's like a huge deal. You know, have fun with it. You know, yeah, it, it's almost like an attitude you have to, you have. have to have. For sure. It's just yeah. more about attitude, really. It's like, don't worry about it. Just have fun and play. You know, I always say it's, you know, I, I've always, when I, since I started painting, I, you know, when I was figuring, figuring out what I wanted to paint, I, I sort of went back to my childhood and I thought that was the most that, cause I was painting drawing since I was a little kid yeah. and I felt like that was the most real I ever was. when I was just drawing these monsters for myself just for fun. Yeah. 
and it was it was a form of play. So I always try and uh, have the attitude that I'm playing when I when yes. I paint. You know, yeah. I think well, it does sure. show come through for sure. Well, that's the thing. It's you. You people are gonna see it. Like, oh man, you're playing. Like he's having fun. Like he's really creating. Like he's you're contributing to the world man like it, it, that might not exist you know but you're creating this thing and it's like fuck like that's cool you know what i <laughs> yeah. it, it i love that like it, it's super rad yeah that's what's i mean that's what's great about all art forms you know tattooing and music and painting it's you're break, making something out of nothing which is a magical act really you know yeah for sure man it's um it's weird it's awesome it's art you know yeah. our, our, our art is is uh this is pretty amazing, man. I think uh, it's sad to hear, like, you know, you, you hear that some schools are taking it out of, you know, uh, mm -hmm. taking it out and they're not doing it. And it's like, man, like, I remember, like, growing up and being like, you know, you have to get a job, you know, you or, you know, you, you get out of school, you go to college. After college, you know, you find your wife or you, know, or you get a job, you have your wife, girlfriend, you have a kid, you buy a house. It's like that normal how society wants you to be you know right. what i mean it's like you could kind of not do that you don't have to do that like you could make a living in art you know what i mean which i never thought you could and you know maybe that's why you never even considered it yeah and, and, and i didn't know you know yeah. I, mean, I didn't know what it was about and that's the same thing as like my brother telling me that stuff i was like nah, i don't know nah. <laughs> plus you didn't know how hard it was in the real world too you know to to make yeah. it well like having to clock in and having to you know being an adult, it's it, it, the shit was hard. I was like, this is crazy, you know? Tattooing, you still got to be an, an adult, you know what I mean? But it's so far, like, it's so lenient, man. Like, right. you know what? It, especially, like, working for my brother, too. It's like, he, he's he's not hard, man. He, he's pretty easy, you know what I mean? And as long as you're an adult and you do your thing, you, you, as long as you do what you got to do. Like, everybody knows that. You do it, he doesn't fuck with you. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, it's crazy to think, you know, that tattooing or tattooing art um, that you can create a, a living from it. You know, I think more people need to go after that dream. I think there needs to be more artists in the world. You know, um, it, it, it inspires people, you know, seeing artwork on the walls and being like, well, that's pretty cool. Or even if you see a painting on the wall and you're like, oh, I have an idea to write a book, that painting, right. an idea to write a book. And what if that book goes on to change the world or becomes this new novel that it's like a huge thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just it continues to, to feed, to feed forward you know it's like i get a lot of inspiration just from music you know yeah. it's not yeah. even uh related to what i'm painting but it's like the feeling of the music just makes me feel so good and creative that i i end up painting my own thing having been inspired by like some song or an album i just heard you know yeah for sure man uh it, it, it's good to have that inspiration from other you know other things like that you know yeah yeah um yeah, I think that I, I know I talked to your brother about this as well, but man, tattooing has been, I, I, I see how you guys honor the art form of tattooing and it, because it's been such a blessing for so many artists to be able to make a living because making a living as a fine artist, as you know, is really difficult. Yeah. And I'm sure it's difficult in tattooing, especially nowadays when there's more and more tattooers and stuff, but it's it's almost like tattooing is like... <clears throat> It's like a trade for a creative person for sure th that you can use. You can create artwork and also have this trade like a service for, for, for people. And so 
the, the popularity of tattoos has been like a, a truly a blessing for artists. I think, I mean, it's, it's given people livelihoods that wouldn't normally have had it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, even just me, man, like I don't even, I, I like, I didn't graduate high school. Like I don't, right. I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have been just doing a normal job and just getting by. And, uh, you know, it's given me a crazy life. You know what I mean? I've been able to travel to places that I'd never thought I'd be able to go to, you know, I, I, you know, enabled to do so much, you know, because of, because of tattooing, because of art, you know, and it's yeah. a, a crazy. And, and, you know, you could be as busy as you want. Um, yeah. That's what's another great thing about it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, and what's crazy is that like, I've been pretty fortunate with like artwork, selling artwork and, and tattooing because sometimes I'll be slow with tattooing and I'll be able to sell artwork and that works, you know, it goes back and forth like and then i'm busy with tattooing and then i'm not doing artwork right. you know it it's been able to go back and forth you know that's cool um, that's yeah, it's, great it's pretty rad and uh it yeah it's just it's, it's pretty crazy that art and tattooing has been able to um create a living for me you know what i mean and like you said so many different artists you know yeah so many i, I just th see so many um <clears throat> tattoo artists like you like your brother like really successful ones too that are doing really well for themselves and it's like you know man uh, you know even as a fine artist you probably wouldn't be living up to that you know standard financially because it's so hard you know, it's 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 really amazing it's really like yeah, sure. um because awesome. well, like now like uh like i've i think sometimes with with doing fine art too it's it's tough, man, because, you know, you rely on the galleries. And I think right now, too, it's like a weird, it's like a weird time because you don't really need galleries. Anymore. Right. Like, shit, you know, how do you sell artwork if you relied on galleries? And, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. They're not doing it anymore. They're closing down or you know, they're doing stuff like that. You know, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's a weird, uh, <laughs> I see your cat. <laughs> oh, how cute. How cute. <laughs> He's just, just seeing what's going on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's weird because the art world is is in such a weird, huge transition from the gallery model to the direct sales model, which sure. is good for artists, really, because you yeah. know there's not that gatekeeper. Um, but galleries are also kind of important and cool in their own way. That they offer um, uh, an opportunity to gather people and sh see people see work in person. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So it's kind of a bummer in that way. But on the other hand, you know, I couldn't make a living off of galleries. If, if all I had was gallery sales, no way I couldn't yeah. do it, you know? Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. You know, they take, most galleries take half of, half of what you make, you know? It's, right. Um, like I'll ask people or people be like, oh, you know, you should send that piece to the, you know, to, the gal to, to a gallery. And they're like, oh, what do you, uh, what's the cut? Like, what do they take? And I'm like, oh, they take 50%. They're like, oh, 50%. Like I know. That's yeah. I just told, insane, you know what I mean? I just told somebody that the other day, I forget who it was and they were shocked. And I, and it's like, I'm used to it. Cause that's just yeah. the standard, you know? And, um, yeah, sure. you got to look at it. Like you're, you're a wholesaler. It's sort of yeah. how you have to look at it. Basically in retail, they buy something for ha half the price that it gets that they charge for retail. So you're basically like a wholesaler to them in a way, you know? So it's just, you know, it's just the mindset. I know a lot of galleries. I think it's kind of, you know, for a good gallery, it's kind of justified too, because I know a lot of galleries that tried to do like, oh, we only take 30%. 
Yeah. And that doesn't last long, you know, because yeah. <laughs> you have to, it's, it's expensive yeah. to have a brick and mortar space to For show sure. things, you know, but. Well, especially if they're, if they're, you know, if you're creating artwork and they're, they're selling for you, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love that. I would love it. If it was just like, I didn't have to do anything. I could just paint. And then everything I paint sells and you sell it and you just send me checks. That sounds great to me, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, doesn't really work that way. <laughs> That's true. It's true, man. You know, it's, it's, a, a, I think a big part of it is the, the, the attitude about artwork and it, and it's not regarded as, as important for enough of the population. Yeah. You know, and I think people like us, um, you know, we see the value obviously in, in art and that it's a very important thing, but you know, your average Joe or whatever is probably doesn't even think about art very much. It's just not really in the culture, in the main part of the culture. But again, tattooing has helped that, has helped bring it back into the culture, especially dark art, man. I always say the tattoo scene is like, in the way that the tattooing was a blessing to creative people like you and to, to make a living for them, that, that, uh, to make a living for yourself, the, the tattoo industry has been so huge for dark art. Yeah. It's it's been like a blessing to us as, as dark artists, you know? Well, yeah, for sure. I'm sure like a lot of, uh, tattooers have bought, like, I'm sure a lot of your work, especially going to conventions and seeing you there, they're like, dude, that's rad. I want to buy that. And they, they buy it, you know? Yeah. A lot of tattoo collectors, but a lot of tattooers, which tripped me out when I first started doing conventions. It's like, it's so, it's such a trip. It's, it's interesting. I, I, when I went to, um, Nico's shop in Hesperia, when I taught that class there, yeah. Um <clears throat> it tripped me out how it was all decorated. Even your place, your your little room, your studio there. Um it was all decorated the way that if I had a space like that, I would decorate the same way with skulls and bones and cool artwork and it's and it was really similar to the the aesthetic of all of my friends from the makeup effects field. Yeah, we all decorate our, our all our houses kind of look the same in that way. Yeah. In the inside, it's like lots of little knickknacks and tchotchkes and bones and skulls, and it's it's funny we 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 share this as aesthetic, but it's yeah. completely different industries, you know. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. I'm sure like um, there's even more industries too that even share that kind of stuff, you know, right? Like, like that tattooing hasn't even been put over or something you know yeah 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 it's like i I bet a lot of people in video games are similar and you know in the toy business as well you know people that aren't even into tattooing it's like it's i don't know it's like we all have this same kind of thing in us or something i mean was this was your you know because i see like you got toys and stuff and masks in your it was this were you always that way or was it more like skating posters when you were a kid or was this from like more the influence of hanging in the, in the, uh, tattoo culture scene? Well, you know, from even like skateboarding, like, uh, yeah, like skateboarding grew- is connected in a way too. And with yeah. tattooing and with monster art and the weird art on skateboards and stuff, yeah, punk, like, I like punk the rock design. and metal. And well, the, and that's the thing too, is that like growing up, like I grew up with like my, so my, my cousin, uh, he, he's a manager for the, sh- for the Asperia shop. His name's Dan. And, uh, you know, like he was really into skateboarding and he's the one that kind of got me into skateboarding. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, he listened to like punk rock music and my sister, my older sister did, and you know, my brother did. And then, um, so that was kind of like the end to that, you know, and 
he was he had ta- my cousin had tattoos my family had tattoos hmm. so all that like i grew up seeing that stuff right. you know what i mean and my brother was really in, really into comics growing right. up again know? comics is another aspect you know? so of it. I, you know i was really into comics too i was a, i loved superheroes you know like mm-hmm. what kid doesn't love superhero um my mom used to tape or tape she'd um clip uh, a towel to my neck and i'd run around the house you know pretending oh yeah I'm yeah here. And <laughs> i was like i don't know <laughs> A homemade cape, you know. Yep, we used uh, to do that too. <laughs> so it's like I, I grew up kind of just being around that, so I, it just was just like normal, you know. And it's what I liked, and you know, my brother liked it, my sister liked it, you know. They all liked that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I just think growing up with it, and just you know, just being in, and then you know, seeing different, being open to different things. You know, my brother showing me things, and being around other artists, like, hey, check this out, you know, check out this, you know, check out this artwork, or check this thing out, and just being in that, you know. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's it's like it's all subculture is what it is, I guess. Yeah. It's like below the below the surface of the mainstream in a way. Yeah. You know? All subculture stuff that, that we all grew up on. It's it's like we are now adults and then we are having our influence over the current culture. And so it's kind of bringing it into the mainstream and for, you know, more people to enjoy, which is kind of cool, really. For sure, especially like tattooing, you know, tattooing was so like you know taboo and and they you know it wasn't really accepted but now it is you know it's like on tv people have it um you know my brother sent me this thing earlier it was like uh like a freak show it's a little drawing and it was like behold like the untattooed man you know because <laughs> everybody has them now right, it's right. not really like oh whoa like you know before you'd see somebody with like a full sleeve and you'd be like wow that's that guy's tattooed you know now you see people with like not one open skin on their body, you know, and I right. think they're fully covered. They have their eyes tattooed. They look <laughs> nuts, you know, and, um, that's, that's just the way it is now, you know, it's just more acceptable, which is good. You know, it's good for, it's good for me. It's good for you because yeah. now there's conventions and people go to it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's good. You yeah. Know, I guess yeah. it has, it's good. I guess, you know, I, man, I remember there was this place in long beach. I grew up in San Pedro. And when I was little, really little, like my dad was still around. So I must have been under five years old. He used to take it to this amusement park called the Pike uh-huh. in Long Beach. I think it was in Long Beach. And it was like old school amusement park, like really yeah. seedy and yeah. like weird. And there was a, there was like a, a I'm sure there was a tattoo, a little oh. tattooer there. Yeah. Cause I have this faint memory of it. And it was really like, Talk about subculture and underground. It was like super, you know, sailors, old school sailors coming in on leave, partying. I mean, this is like 70, 1973 or 72 or something, really long time ago. So, and it was like, you know, a tattoo parlor was a creepy little space. (laughs) It's so different. Like bikers and and stuff. Well, it's funny because my uncle, um, you know, growing up, you know, my uncle had tattoos and certain family members had tattoos, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we're, my family's from the San Fernando Valley, San Fernando Valley. So like a lot of them were like, some of them were gangster. They had, you know, black and gray tattoos. My right. uncle had, um, I think he had got tattooed at the Pike uh, in Long oh, Beach, wow. you know? And, um, but yeah, I remember hearing, you know, like, or seeing tattoos just being that young and being like, well, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> they, they're old. They didn't really, some of them were pretty bad, you know? Yep. <laughs> But it's pretty crazy, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that, that, it's interesting. And, you know, it's just, 
like I said, it was like sailors, bikers, and now it's normal. You know, you could go into a shop and not be scared or, you know what I mean? It's very approachable. Oh yeah. It's like the shops are super nice, really yeah. fancy and, you know, high end, a lot of shops. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's changed a lot, you know, and, uh, you really kind of, you, you can't have a tat, a shop that looks like a tattoo shop, but, uh, I just think it, it some people want to be able to go in and be like, Oh, this is kind of comfortable. I don't feel like I'm going to get like my ass kicked or right. something, but I mean, or feel weird or uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. One thing I noticed too, <clears throat> in any tattoo shops I've been in, in, uh, I don't know, in my adult life is that they have just tons of art on the wall now. Yeah. Which yeah. is so cool. Cause they're like, you know, most tattoo shops are almost like little art galleries too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, Excuse me. Um, I think social media has really changed that. Like it's opened up because tattooers, I think they just, it was magazines. You know what I mean? Like you'd buy a magazine, you'd see the artwork in there and it was all like tattoo art, you know, and social media. Now you're able to see all kinds of different painters. Like I find painters all the time where I'm like, dude, this guy's killing it. Oh, like yeah. tattooers. I'm like, well, I've never even heard of this person before. They're like from some part in like Russia or something. Right. Like, what the hell? Like it, it's made the world so much smaller and, um, you know, you're able to see more stuff and be inspired by more stuff, you know? So I think tattooers now, it's not only looking at other tattooers, they look at painters and they look at other artists that are doing other things, you know? So like, Oh, you know, and tattooers do pretty well. So it's like, they could afford to buy sometimes right. for artwork, you know, like just for myself, like there was, uh, I bought a painting recently from, um, Joel Carson Jones. She's like a Trump Louis still life painter. And when I first started painting, I had seen his stuff and he does these crayons with tape and they're like, hyper realistic and wow. they're so wow. they're so real and they're so good and i remember seeing them been like i seen one i think at a john pence gallery in san francisco and it was like i don't remember it was definitely not affordable <laughs> like, right. I, like, I can't buy that you know what i mean and uh i started following him on instagram and we started following each other back started chatting a little bit and i was like i'm just gonna ask him man like what's the worst that that's gonna happen he's exactly. gonna be like this is how much the painting is and i'm gonna be like i can't afford it still you know, and he wrote me and he told me how much it was. And he's like, but look at, I'll sell to you, you know, for this price because it's not going through a gallery. Right. And I was like, I could afford it. I was like, fuck it, dude, I'll buy it. You know, and it's like something that I saw when I first started doing artwork that inspired me like so much. Now I own a little piece and I'm like, this is crazy. You know, just because of Instagram, like, or yeah. social media, you know what I mean? It's, it's made a life, little life goal owning this painting come true. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's for all the, negativity on social media nowadays it's driving everybody insane the political stuff there there still is it's like with the with the internet we got all the best and all the worst of everything kind of you know it's, it's as true. it's as it's as good as it is bad <laughs> yeah it's not that's absolutely true <laughs> yeah, it's crazy shit going on every day you know what i mean it's it just makes yeah it, and you could hear about it faster it's like a shooting happens it's like right. you know everybody knows like 10 you know as it's going on or right it's so weird some shit you know that's like so you know i heard someone talking about it recently predicting the future and saying like yeah the future is going to be awesome we're going to all be connected and we're all going to know it's almost like we're all going to be psychically linked and we're all going to know what each other's thinking and it's like it's sort of that's what happened with the internet and social media and what it turns out is what everybody's thinking is like oh shit everything's falling apart. So you just get like negative messages constantly. Oh my God, everything's fucked up. And it's, and it's, it's almost like 
when you put, I mean, I know when I, I do this, I post, so, I think about something and I think, oh, that's an interesting thought and I'll post it on Facebook or something just because it's interesting. Um, but that's basically, it's like, we're all sharing our thoughts for sure, you know, and sharing it with everybody who's willing to listen. And it, and it's just kind of this chaos of, of madness in a way. And, and, it, and you can kind of get a feeling for the mood of, of the country and of the world in yeah. a sense of how most people, you could tell most people are feeling anxiety and, and, um, you know, not particularly happy nowadays you know a lot of scary shit going on you know what i mean it's like fuck man you know you get you know you hear about this you know some guy fucking lighting a studio on fire in japan and killing all these women what the fuck like you know what i mean like that's going on there too you know you hear a shooting guy goes into fucking walmart and shoots these people and it's like what the fuck like just it's constant you know it's every it's become a normal thing i know (laughs) i mean where you're like oh there's a shooting you're like oh fucking really <laughs> like yeah yesterday too you know <laughs> it's not as like shocking as like it used to be like even when like like columbine happened it was like right, oh, right. Like, that's crazy like it was everywhere and like people were like it's fucking just crazy you know now it's like oh shooting oh crazy you know what i mean yeah, like, right i know it's the norm you know? yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad but it, it's it's to me it's like um I, I always try and look at the bright side of things. <laughs> I'm an yeah. optimist, but uh, you know, it everything's so everything is kind of falling apart, and it's and and I think that it's never been a better time to just like go for it. And if you're a creative person, do your art, just yeah. take the chance and kind of go for it because you know there's not jobs with 401ks that you're going to work all your life and retire like our parents or you know grandparents did it's just that's not the world anymore and it's like it's almost like there's not as much to lose anymore so why not just follow your dream and and find your thing and just do it yeah for sure well it's crazy because i talked to my girlfriend about this a lot um like her and i get it's like cool conversations and um it's like we're at a point where you could you could be like say if you're like transgender or something you could be fully and go for it and just be like fuck it i'm going for it or you know and and society's like okay cool you know what i mean and then you could be like some fucking crazy racist and fucking be fully into it and people are like okay cool you know what i mean it's kind of (laughs) crazy that it's like that you know but yeah you could go for it and do what you got you do what you want to do especially stuff you know yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Uh, wouldn't be so good if it's not so. It's not so good about the racist people. No, man. <laughs> that sucks. But you know, I kind of feel like that's not following your heart because if you really get in touch with your spirituality, whatever you believe, or your your heart, your your yeah. deep essence, you know, no one's really a racist at their deepest point. It's like a fucked up. It's like a mental disorder, really. For sure. You know, but it's what, it's what you're taught. You know what I mean? You know, it's kind of, it's fucked, you know? Yeah. Totally fucked up. And it's, you know, I don't know. It feels like a, to me, it feels like a, a big festering boil that's been there all along and it's just finally coming out, you know? Yeah. It's never gone away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even Obama got elected and everyone's like, oh, everything's cool now. And it's like, no, there's just, it's still really bad. Right now it's bad, man. It's, 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 it's pretty crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a crazy, a crazy time for that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, it does. But, you know, I don't know. Again, I, I bring it back to to the healing power of art. And I say, you yeah, know, absolutely. Go, I- go do your thing now, because every who knows who knows how long this whole thing is going to even last. Just yeah. fucking do it, you know, for sure. Just go for it. Yeah. Create it. Right? Yep, yeah, exactly. So um, let's talk a little bit about your your technique with your paintings. Uh, like I said, I I was blown away at how how fast you progressed because I was keeping an eye on you because I knew you had started learning how to paint and I was really blown away. Um, these are all, all, most of those were all a prima. You were doing pretty much all a prima stuff, right? Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, um, you know, I'd find little figures I liked or, you know, like I'm, you know, I grew up in a time where I grew up in nineties, you know, I was born in 90 and, you know, all got, spider-man cartoons or you know nickelodeon was really popular so like all that stuff i grew up so i'd find like little figures or little things and do you know set them up photograph them do a painting of it and because uh, i liked it i was like oh cool rocco's modern life cool i want to paint that right you know, <laughs> let go i want to paint that spider-man i want to paint that you know um so yeah they're just you know I, I would i would give myself a goal like i'd, co- I'd come home i'd get the painting ready or i'd get it ready before and come home and start it um and I would tell myself, okay, you have from 11, you know, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. You got to have it done by this time. You know what I mean? Putting myself like on a little bit of a deadline. I'm so you glad know? you're saying this because I, I, I tell I, this to people, you know, younger artists all the time. You know, give yourself a, a timeline. And yeah. Just no matter how it is at that time point, it's done. For sure. And 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 if you give yourself a time, you'll finish it. Like right, I know. <laughs> way done and be like oh i spent this time you know you'll be like oh shit i gotta get this done so you'll you make yourself make faster decisions mm-hmm. and, you know I, and that's good because you're kind of acting on um intuition you know what i mean like right. you're kinda going for it and uh you're gonna learn the fastest that way you know by doing stuff like that so you know i've done a bunch of those and like the lego paintings i've i've uh, i do them once i don't do them as much as i used to because i got super burnt out on them yeah doing it. you know what i mean uh, uh I've done about 170. Are you serious? Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. I was, I was planning on making a book, but I haven't, I haven't done it yet. You got uh, it. Yeah. So it was, uh, I did that, um, you know, doing those a bunch and then doing other little things though. Like even, uh, even if someone were like paint this little cube or something, like I, I enjoyed that stuff. I enjoy just playing with paint. I enjoy <laughs> those. That's even funner because you're able to try new things, you know? So, right, right. you know, it's the same thing. And like the approach, you know, I have to it. I've learned, you know, a lot. There's, there's been a lot of people that's helped me along the way of doing art, man. But, but there's a few main people that I kind of want to point out. My brother being number one, you know, um, I wouldn't be in my life. Like I wouldn't be here, you know, if it wasn't for him. Um, I have a huge thank you to him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. he, he, he changed my life, you know, forever. And right. Right. Yeah, I'm fucking forever grateful for that. You know, I, I don't, probably get to tell him as much as I want to, but I, I feel that way every day, you know, I'm great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Michael Husser was another one, um, you know, starting off, he would let me, you know, go with to his studio and paint with him with my brother um, on Sunday nights. Um, you know, the palette I use is very close to his palette. Mm. Um, a lot of, of the things I use, man, from modeling pace to these different, you know, little techniques or whatever that he showed me the certain, certain, certain brushes I use. I, I he, you know, was like, Oh, try these out. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, 
that's a huge, huge deal. And Sean Barber as well, man. Sean Barber's huge. Like, that's like one of my favorite people. I think he's, he's so like, he's such a nice guy. Sean Barber's amazing. He's great, man. Like he's that that guy's so real, man. Like he'll tell you how it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you you show him your painting, he'll be like, oh, hey, you want to maybe, maybe try this or do this? You know, and without even like thinking, it, he'll 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 help you. Yeah, he doesn't. It's not an ego thing at all with him. It's very like he's like a Buddha to me. He's just like honest, and but but it's not coming from like a place of ego. It's like he genuinely wants to help. Yeah, and and, you know, man, it's 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 incredible, and I and I owe him so much for that. And um, actually, I want to get both those guys on too, like Michael Husser and Sean Barber. I I love. I got to get them on the podcast. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're they're. they're great, man. You know, and uh, a lot of the techniques I've learned are from all those people. You know, and um, even other tattooers too. Oh, Carlos Rojas. You know, I work with. He's another you know big big inspiration. Helped me a lot, especially with tattooing. And, yeah, he's and, amazing. Um, but uh, actually, he's awesome, man. Um, actually, my first oil painting I did was because of him. I was gonna do a color pencil drawing, um, and he was like, "Nah, man, why are you gonna do that? Just do oil painting because you're eventually gonna do oil painting." And oh, like, cool. I thought, if he tells you something, you kind of just got to do it, you know? <laughs> That's but, awesome. uh, yeah. But like, you know, uh, I just, you know, set up a still life, take photos or try to create an idea of something that I want to paint, set up, set it up. Um, you know, take some photos, you know, mess with it on Photoshop a little bit, you know, play with the lighting. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just, you know, you do start the painting. You do it by <laughs> eye or you No, do- I, I usually make a stencil, you know, oh, okay. I, I sometimes, um, it's, I haven't lately, man. Um, but sometimes I will, like if I'm like showing somebody like painting, I'll like draw like a little, like I did this little like uh, rubber duck and it was fun, man, just drawing the rubber duck <laughs> and then like painting the rubber duck. And I was like, wow, I think I could actually, like if I had a pencil, I don't know if I could draw it as good as I did. Not that it was any good, but I was so used to painting and I, I learned little tips to get to that end point of painting the duck. I was like, oh wow. Like I've, this is fun like i got i need to do this more so i do need to paint from life more i do need to paint um draw like draw more you know what i mean i think any artist I think that, that's mm-hmm. key you know what i mean um but sometimes it's like a stencil just because i think if i draw it, man, i'm gonna spend i don't know how many hours trying to make it right hey, and that, then, you that, know what i mean that's how my dad did my dad always uh took photos traced his reference and then transferred them onto the onto his board and just paint it from there yeah because you because even if you're using a photo you're you're not gonna make it exactly like the photo no it's just you know and it it depends what's comfortable to you too really what works best for you i mean that was that was my dad's thing i know gabe leonard who i talk about all the time because i love his paintings he takes um he takes tons of reference photos but he doesn't trace anything he just paints and so yeah, all, all, all the right? stuff's very distorted and, but it's like, he has something to refer to, to you yeah. know, get the lighting right. So really just, there's not a, a, a right or wrong way. There really isn't when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't think so either, man. I think, um, you know, I remember really telling me like, it doesn't matter how you get there. It's that you get there. Yeah. I mean, um, that you enjoyed people- it, that you enjoyed the process and that you liked the final result. That's what matters. And like, like I've seen people make stencils for things and totally, you know, not do it well. Even right. when you're like, 
you still got to know a little bit of you still got to know how to draw. You know For what I sure. mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just because like, you do a tracing doesn't mean it's going to be going to be right. No way. Exactly. Like, or you can think about form or shapes or value or excuse me, color. You know what I mean? Um, those are all major things. You know, yeah. what I mean? well, they just think, well, you just stencil and then nah, you just mix the color and you put it and done. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> Not I wish really. you, know, <laughs> you know, but that's usually how I, uh, how I work, you know, and um, with some of the larger stuff I've been trying to do, I knock in, you know, section at a time. I think of it as like, okay, so if I'm painting this big still life and there's two Tapatio bottles, a bag of chips and uh, a Coke and a beer bottle, you know, I'm like, okay, well today I'm going to do the beer bottle. I'll finish pretty try to, or try to get it completed pretty close mm. um, th- that day. The next day, the two Tapatio bottles, I'll try to get those done. And then as I go each day, I'll think of it as days like that of like, I need to get these done. And then once it's all laid in there, I go back and then tweak things and, you know, okay. uh, you know, reassess the drawing or whatever, and you know, color or, you know, make it more, more opaque if I have to in certain areas Right. that, you know, but the little paintings I do, I, I just like to, you know, not spend too much time. I make the stencils. I've gotten even making stencils. Like I've made them even like simpler, man, because I'm like, I don't need all the information. Like I could, I think I could paint it. And even right. if it's, it gives a little bit of character. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, uh, he painted it off. I see paintings where I'm like, oh, that shit looks off, but it's kind of cool. You know what I mean? I like that it's off. Like, it's weird, you know? Yeah. I was doing this painting the other day. I just finished it of this, my friend's uh, baby, his, his kid when he was a baby in like a devil costume. It's really funny. But um, I was, I have, you know, I have a hard time getting a likeness. It's, I can do it, but it's difficult. It's really difficult for me, you know, especially just kind of eyeballing it. And I, I had reference. I kind of I eyeballed it. I didn't trace it this time. But when I do portraits, I usually do a, a tracing yeah. just because it's it's so much easier to get it like this that way. But um, <clears throat> this one, I thought I need the practice. So I'm going to just paint it, you know, from 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 eye. And it got me thinking that I was looking at it. It looks like him, but it's still a little bit off from the reference material. And it got me thinking, you know, caricature artists when they do crazy caricatures that look yeah. exactly like the the person you know who it is yeah they're way off on their proportions and everything intentionally <laughs> but they're still the likeness is still there so it got me thinking you know if you just probably hit some key points that are right yeah all doesn't have to be perfect for sure you know what i mean so that was kind of yeah. like wow i had a kind of a light bulb moment with that for sure well it's like uh you know like like husser um his all primas you know like they're actually better than the people when what like than with the people you know what yeah. i mean like like the all primas he does you're like dude he caught something that i don't even know what it's like right he caught, like their character or like maybe how they are inside like he'll make people look like you know like they're so prestigious you know what i mean yeah. or and or they're like creepy or i don't know there's like a feeling he'll he'll give to those i don't know what it is man or he knows how to exaggerate little yeah, features right. to make it look. He's just a, a ma- he's he's just a master at that. He's like done so many of those. Yeah, you, I mean, you can just tell he just you know he makes it he he's like he makes it just look he makes it look easy and it's not. So it's like anytime I see that with musicians, bass players, guitar players, it's like they make it they make it look like oh I could do that, but you can't do that. <laughs> it's sure, just because yeah. they're that good, you know. Yeah you know what i mean and right. it's like you know uh but you can tell he's having fun you yeah, know what i mean for sure that's just, like i think that's beautiful is that like 
I love seeing that. Like even with your stuff, man, like you're having fun. Like there's just, it looks so fun. You know, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. I want to I paint a monster. That's cool. You know, <laughs> it, he makes it look so fun. Right. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I use a stencil. Um, you use a medium? You know, I, I don't use a medium or I guess, I don't know. Would you consider turp a medium? Yeah. You can use that. You thin your paints a little bit with turp or a little bit, but I, you know, I used to use like liquid and like Galkid and stuff like that, but I kind of stopped using it. Liquid I still use if I'm like on, um, like, uh, like time restraint, you know, if I'm something I need to get done really fast, I'll do like a little bit of liquid. So it, that way it dries faster, but, um, I'll put my paintings in my, on my dashboard of my car. Oh, wow. up, Up here, it gets really hot. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll go out there and put it for a few hours or even for an hour and it's like fucking dry. I know. It's crazy. Holy shit. You know what I mean? And I worry. I'm like, well, is the wood going to get fucked up? Is it going to crack? But I'm like, ah, I'm not going to worry about it. It's going to be fine. It doesn't look like it's cracked. As long as you don't leave it out there for like days or a full day, then it's not going to get like. Right. Really messy, yeah. Know? I've, so, I've warped boards before. By, I've done that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's like a, a, shit. There's a certain level of heat it can take, you know, and um, yeah, I've got paintings all the time out in like my front yard on the yeah. he- sitting on the hedges in the sun. You know, if you walk by my house, you'll see it once in a while. It's like painting sitting out there. It, it, my dad it, used to do it too. He put it in the car like you. Yeah, man, it works. It works pretty well. It's kind of crazy. Um, I, I don't know why I started doing it. I think it, I think I was just like, Oh fuck it. I'm going to try it. And it worked. And I was like, Oh, this is like the best for like, even like some bigger paintings. Uh, if it's like, you know, three feet, it'll barely fit on my dashboard, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> well, perfect. You know, like it, it, it works. Um, but yeah, I just use turp. Uh, I, I try to use as much oil paint as I can. Um, I like to try to paint thicker, you know, recently I've been trying to play around with that, you know, and, um, try not to blend as much, right. you know, that's always the hardest part. Yeah. You want to make things perfect and you want to blend them, but like go and just make a mark and then you make another mark. And I like to use like, uh, it it I I feel weird saying because I don't know the technical terms because I wasn't like a traditionally trained mm-hmm. you know painter or anything but like I'll use like color bands where like I'll do you know if it's like a red you know sphere or something I'll use like dark red mid red light red but I'll break it down into these different right. and I'll just span and follow kind of the form and then sometimes I'll leave it and I like the way that looks yeah I I, I note now that you mentioned that I noticed that in one of the paintings at the last. I remember when we were talking, uh, I think maybe I was looking for Nico and I came over to the booth and you had some paintings there. I think that was there. Maybe not, but I remember like, what's that? What was it? The backgrounds where it looked like it kind of like, as it got lighter to like, it was, there was, I noticed like the, like stepped values or something like that. And I was like, Oh, that's cool that he didn't blend that. I thought that was really cool that you didn't blend it together. Yeah. I like doing that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty fun, you know? Um, I, and that's the thing is like, I'm playing, like I, I want to play with it. I want right. to see what it's doing. Sometimes I'll leave paintings fully like that. And I'm like, Oh, I like that. Like it's different. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's, and, and I'm trying new things, but I'll, sometimes I'll do that. And, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just try to stick out, you know, as much mounds of paint, you know? And that's like from seeing Husser, like he would, he puts out like big globs of paint. So yeah, you're supposed to, they always say don't skimp on the paint. You know, you don't want to run out in the middle of a painting, you know, and have to mix more. It's better just to, you know, well, I remember, uh, Sean telling me, don't be, um, don't be stingy with your paint. Yeah. <laughs> He's all, you, you, you could buy it. You know what I mean? Like, 
put put a put a shit ton out, you know, and, and have it there. And it, you know, it takes a while to dry, man. So you could rip that little layer open and paint whatever's in there, you know. Right. Uh, I almost feel like sometimes if it's left out, you could peel it, and that paint is even better to paint with. Hmm. It's like it has a little bit more of like a grab to it, you know. You could put a little bit of you know turp in, in it and stuff when you're yeah, mixing. Definitely. Yeah grab you know yeah different yeah. different colors definitely like stiffen up more over time and you yeah just, i've got my my palette's out all the time and i'm just peeling every time I, I peel a layer off and i just go back in and then when it gets too nasty and chunky i just lay a big blob on top of it <laughs> yeah it just go right over it yeah be cool. Um, I don't know if you're um that reminds me I don't, I don't know if you're a uh, lucian freud a fan mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah, uh, did you? There's a doc. They did like this documentary on YouTube after, or I don't know what it was on, but I watched it on YouTube. And it was um, after he had passed away, his assistant did like a tour of his studio, mm-hmm. and um, on his wall in his in his house or studio, there's like big like, globs of paint on the wall where he would like t- like take off and put it on the wall. But I guess he would always constantly use that same like the same globs. So oh, that's wow. why. Thick. so you know like when paint dries you peel it back you have that kind of like little thickness of it he would right. just paint those and it would work oh, that's know? amazing it's you know, it just made me think of it i was like oh, that's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> i remember seeing I, it thinking fuck that's crazy yeah I, that reminds me of uh christopher, christopher ulrich. ulrich do you know christopher ulrich i do not know if you you've probably seen his stuff he's he's incredible um i just saw him today actually but in his house he's got areas on the wall where there's like paint from like wiping his brush off but he's got this big ass glass palette and it's so cool because you know he scrapes it and it's all clean in the middle and then there's like this uh like a what would you like a berm almost like a a raised bump all the way around of just like it's not like piles of paint that are dried. It's like years and years of just scraping it off. And it and just like it, forms this natural smooth like rim around the whole thing. It's so cool looking like an, a relic. That's so, well, that's so cool. And, and, and you, it's like it makes me think like uh, I remember we had asked Huster like, hey, if you had the opportunity to buy like a Michael, I mean, uh, like a Michelangelo drawing or like a little sculpture or something, would you, would you do it? And he's like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. He's all, but I would like to own a hammer and chisel from him. Right, and I'm like, fuck. That's pretty cool. You know, yeah. I mean, that's way outside the box. And it's like, you know, his palette. You know, you would think because he has like those berms or whatever. Like, imagine having that and being like, I created the last ten years of my work on this palette, or right. twenty years of work on this palette. Like, that's even more unique than a painting because right. you like, created all that, or that you know your favorite brush that you've used for ten years that's still going strong. Or you're like, this is my favorite brush. You know, it's like yeah. I created all this stuff. You know, so. That's, I, I, I like I like those little things, man. I like uh, those little you know characteristics of each artist having those things and yeah, it's super interesting. He's kind of I guess you could kind of say of like oh I'm gonna keep doing this. I don't want to mess it up or you know or just naturally doing it. You know, right? Um, it's I pretty remember, cool. I remember after my I had the, my big solo show, the Ego Death Show, which is like my big like kickstarted it and it was a funeral. It was. Yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah, what that was. Nico was in the other yes room yes, yes. for that one. Yeah, that was like that yeah, was yeah. his first solo show too. Yep. Uh, but I after that show, I took all the paint, scraped it off, and it was all the dried paint on my palette. I took it and put it in a jar, so I have like the ego death paint, awesome. <laughs> just yeah. like flakes of it. Every once in a while, I do. I make these 
mystery boxes where people, you know, buy from my store, just stuff from my studio and little casts and drawings. And I, every once in a while, I'll grab some chips of paint from there and just put them in a little baggie. These are ego death painting chips. <laughs> That's rad though, because like, like I'll do the same thing with like, I have a turp jar that I used for a long time and I, I, it, it's sealed shut now. I can't even open it. I don't oh, know really? <laughs> but I wrote like the year, like what year I, I used it. And, um, have a certain like my certain palettes i'll write down like oh i used it from this time to this time and i keep them just because i'm like oh it's just maybe if somebody wants them or maybe if my mom totally. sold one, one time you know i had a one guy ask me he's like uh i i use like these shadow boxes to paint on these glass like shadow boxes and it cracked and i was like oh fuck i can't use it no more because if i try to scrape it it'll crack more right. and i posted right. it on on instagram and some guy had written me and he's like hey do you do you want to sell that and i was like well, i don't know i'm like we can make me an offer. He's like, I'll give you like 250 bucks for it. And I'm like, fuck it. Sold dude. I'm on <laughs> I recently, somebody's like, Hey, I, I seen he was in a tattooer. He's like, uh, I seen at his studio. He has like this, your palette. And I'm like, Oh, it's cool, man. He's like, has it hanging in a studio or whatever. But, um, I think that stuff's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's cool. I think you sending them, you know, that that's, that's pretty rad. Cause you can't really, you can't make that again. Right. You know? Like yeah. in yeah. time, like that's, that's unique. Yeah. You know? yeah Just as unique as like a painting. You right. Know what I mean? It's part of the, part of the process. I do that with like old brushes as well. I send those and sign them and even like old empty tubes of paint. That's all part of the whole deal. You know, it's part of the yeah. process of creating the artwork. I mean, I, I always think like I, I have this, um, <clears throat> if I, I'm using the parallel palette the, oh, yeah. and, uh, and I, one got so full of paint and messed up that I just was like, I got to get a new one. This is too, yeah. I can't clean it anymore. It's so bad. So I just set it aside and I'm going to sell that one because full of, full of paint and everything. Cause it's really interesting looking, but I always think, man, what if I had like, how cool would it be to have a Frazetta palette or a Bekshinsky palette? Dude. I would die to have that, you know? Yeah. I mean, There's that dude. Uh, is it, is it chip? chip yeah. Top? He's got a Bekshinsky. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bastard. Oh, bastard cool right <laughs> have any of that stuff from any of any of those you know painters you know would be awesome um it's just it's just cool man there's it's pretty real you yeah know I mean? right yeah i like that stuff yeah um, artifacts for sure yeah yeah that's amazing um do, do you uh what is your palette what, what what do you have like a set palette that you use like color wise yeah um just curious I use, uh, I, I, I want to say it's maybe, I want to say it's possibly called the mud palette. Um, mm. or like, it's like something it comes from that. Um, it's the same thing that the Husser has, uh, showed me. I don't know. Maybe Sean Cheatham, I think uses something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Sean was one of Michael's students. Um, yeah, he's amazing too. I want to get him on too. He's amazing. amazing. Oh, dude, he's, he's badass. Um, I use a lizard and crimson, I use indigo. indigo. I use, yeah, I use lizard crimson, indigo, indigo, olive green, um, cobalt blue, burnt sienna, uh, king's blue, uh, yellow ochre pale, um, cad red deep, hmm. bright red, uh, titanium white. Hmm. I use um, from Gamblin. I use uh, radiant violet. Um, after radiant violet, I use, uh, yeah, the radiant, those radiant colors are really cool. Cool. Yeah. That, uh, I love that color, man. Um, cad green pale. Mm, yeah. I use, um, oh, um, cad yellow. Mm -hmm. and, and I 
think that's it, man. Um, oh, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. I, sometimes I've been a little bit lately. I've been using Bone Black. Bone um, Black. I've no, I don't think I've ever used Bone Black. Bone Black. What's the company? It's like Rublev. Rube oh yeah, yeah, right. They make that Bone Black. Um, I've been using some of that a little bit. I've I'd always like learning. They were like, "Don't use black. Don't use black in your palette." You know what I mean? Like nothing's really black in real life. Right. But, That's but, some 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 people say it. Some people don't say it though. <laughs> but but I think it's how you use black. Exactly. You know what I mean? I think people if they're gonna use, I see people like fucking. Okay, it's black. Okay, black background. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much black, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You gotta mix it or make it rich, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much the palette I use. Um, Did you mention white in there? Like, yeah, like titanium white. Titanium white. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'll switch it up, man. I'll 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 mix different colors. Um, I'll change it up. Um, add some colors. Take some colors away. Um, did I say king's blue? Yeah. King's blue, mm-hmm. One of my favorite colors that I I use more lately. I've actually been really into using that radiant violet a lot and that cat green pale a lot. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how, you know, I I think the way I explained it right now is how I actually even set up my palette. Oh, cool. But yeah, I use that. I use, um, Trical brushes. I use their bristle brushes. Yeah. Um, I use their fourth. I like their filberts and I like their flats. Mm. Um, They're, they're long, they're long filberts and long flats. I like those the, the the most. Oh, okay. I use uh, I use some of their rounds, um, but mostly I use a lot of rounds, man. I like using rounds. I a know. Lot. I I also I've I a few years back I started. I was like filbert filbert only, and then like round sables for detail stuff, pretty much, yeah. and for glazing maybe some like filbert sables. Yeah. And eventually, I I saw you know who I saw that guy. You ever seen the guy who does Dwayne? Dwayne Kaiser, he got kind of got well known for doing these things called a painting a day where he painted like he's really good still life guy. Amazing. Super loose, but really great. And he, he does, he's did the, he, I think he started the whole painting, a thing, painting oh. a day thing. And, um, he sells his stuff on eBay all the time. Like he just constantly is putting these up but yeah. he's really great. And I, he has some time-lapse stuff he was posting and he was using a pretty thick, round bristle brush for the whole thing oh, wow. like of a lemon or an egg or something you yeah. know broken egg or something and he wasn't changing brushes he was using everything with this with this uh round bristle brush and i was like wow i'm gonna try that and so i started um using the rounds and i i kind of use them a lot now i used to never use round bristle brushes when i was starting out ever it was always filberts and now i'm like flats I don't even use filberts anymore, really. I just use flats and round bristles and then some various, like, uh, sable or golden tacklon or something. Like rounds? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah I, that's, that's what I use, man. Sometimes I'll, I'll work on a little painting, and they're small. You know, they're 8x8, eight 5x7, eight, and I'll use two brushes the whole painting. Right. Use, um, there's actually these one brushes I really like to use. Um, they're, they're, they're from Blick. They're... Wonder White Scholastic. So they're like cheap student grade blue brushes with the white the white hairs, but they're cheap. They're like a dollar a brush or something. But they're mm-hmm. fucking rad, man. Like really? those, those rounds are. I love them. I sometimes I'll go and I'll buy like I'll try to get if they have a bunch of good ones. You know, sometimes you go and they have like ones that are kind of fucked up. You yeah. know. Um. But uh, I'll go and I'll buy like seven or eight of them and of each one just to have a bunch. Well, so what, what are they called? I got to write this down. They're called um, Blick Wonder White. 
Okay. Okay. Um, they're they're they have a long blue handle, and uh, their hairs are white. Okay. okay. We're gonna but try those out. Yeah, I love them. They have a script brush that I really like a lot. Um, but uh, I use those a lot. Uh, I work on panels. I don't. I will not work on canvas or anything. No canvas. No, I, I just don't like the texture. And, and and somebody told me yesterday that made a good point. He's like, if you paint on a small, if you paint a small painting and you paint it on on canvas, it takes your eye away from the painting because yeah, it's so texture. Yeah, it's right. And at it close, you know. Right. He's all, but a big painting, it doesn't really matter. True. Yeah, that's a good point. Brush strokes to for the light to catch it. He's like, so that makes sense to that. So I was like, oh wow, that I never really thought about that. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I use. Um, Panels, wood panels. Uh, I will not paint on anything if it doesn't have modeling paste on it. I really, modeling paste. Yeah, I've never it's used not, modeling paste. Oh, it's great, man! It I, has such great, like little tooth on it. Wow, how do you? What do you do? Do you put it out with like a? Do you spread it out with a like a, a spreader or something? Yeah, so like uh, it's funny because my cousin used to prep our panels for us because my cousin did drywall. Or he did construction for a long time, so he would get our panels fucking perfect. Oh wow! Like, like so, so what I do is I get a, a panel, I put down like a you know like a bib or like a sheet or something from like that we use in tattooing, and then I get a panel, I tape, I put two pieces of tape on the back of it, tape it to the uh, the table, and then I get like a business card, and I go in the modeling paste, and I pull a little bit out and spread it on the panel with um, the the card. Mm-hmm. Kind of get where don't do it too thick because once it dries it'll crack. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll spread it on there and then I get like a um, drywall knife, like a mud knife. Mm-hmm. Um, got like Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever. Um, and it depends on the size of the panel. I, I usually use like a eight inch or a ten inch. Um, and this and is I, after gesso or without well, gesso or I just go raw. Like with, oh, with wow. I just I like fuck it, I'll go for it. Um, cool, cool. and I don't know if it, if that's good for longevity of it, but I don't have time. Like I don't want to have to like gesso it, let it dry, sand it, put the right. modeling paste on. I'm like modeling paste dries. It, sometimes it takes a day to dry. In the summer, it's a little bit hotter, so it'll dry faster. Um, but like I want to like fucking paint. You know what I mean? I, so I'll put that put that on with a drywall mud uh, knife. Then I'll smooth that out. Try not to get any lines in it. Um, there's a certain way you kind of got to do it. And I think my cousin was showing us cause he's done drywall so much. You got to be pretty, you know, good at that stuff, right. um, but you'll get it. And some people like to sand it after, but I think if you could get it with no lines in it, pretty smooth with just the knife, that's the best texture, dude. Really? It's like, it grabs the paint so perfect. Yeah. I'll have to send you a panel and, and, uh, I can't, prep- I can't wait to try it. I, 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 I that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a little bit slick, but not. It's not like you ever paint on like gesso board, uh-huh. like those the sanded one. Right. Like that's yeah. Like so slick, dude. It doesn't grab whatsoever. Right. It, it actually grabs and it absorbs, and you could move it around a little bit still. And right. It's, I I love it. Yeah. It's great. Oh man, I can't wait to try that. That's awesome. Yeah, I knew that. I've actually heard that Michael Husser used to used to use like years ago when I first started painting that he was using modeling paste. Yeah, he, I think he's still. That's where that's where I got it from. That's, and, and I never could figure out what you know the kind of the difference between modeling paste and gesso, other than you could like build it up in certain areas if you wanted to get almost like a textury effect or whatever. Well, it's cool. Sometimes you'll get like on the edges of the panels, you'll get like it looks like a concrete wall, so it'll have like these little characteristics. So really, never every, or every panel you do is never the same. Huh. Kind of 
it makes it pretty unique, you know. That's cool. But that's, cool. that's what I learned. I learned that from Husser too, um, from my brother um, showing me and, and him getting it from Husser. Uh, but I think that's what he uses, um, on, on his stuff. You know, hopefully he's not like, hopefully he doesn't listen to him. He's like, Hey, you're giving away all my shit. You know, <laughs> like, Oh man, you know, uh, Ho- hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah. It's for the good of the community. It is man. It's, and, and, and that's the great thing about, um, it's weird. Like I'd like not to go to a far off subject and, and not to take too much of your time, man. But, uh, that's the beauty of like showing people. Like I love being able to show people, yeah, you know, me too. like, they ask a question like Sean and Michael, they were always so like giving with their, with their knowledge. Like I'd ask them and they'd be like, cool, here you go. This is it. Right. This is it. This is it. it." And you're like, fuck man. Like you're just giving me this info. You know what I mean? So I think it's good to give, give, give it too. you know, it's like, you know, don't give away everything, but, but give away if someone asks like, Hey man, here you go. Like, yeah. If you genuinely want to know, like, yeah, here you go. Yeah. It's, it's a brotherhood of brotherhood and sisterhood of artists, you know. I think yeah, sharing sure. sharing info is is a great thing, and uh, especially nowadays because everything is pretty much online. For sure, you know, and it's kind of there's no more. I don't, I don't think that the the whole you know keep everything your your secrets to yourself is is uh, applies as much anymore because everything's kind of already out there. But the thing is, most people aren't going to spend the 10 years or whatever to really get you know really use the technique to the full advantage you know you know so it's kind of like if you if you're willing to put all that time in i'm I'm willing to share whatever i know you know because it's such a hard thing to do anyway for sure well, the thing that's like crazy, it's like, what if you tell somebody one day, what if like some young kid comes up to you and is like, Hey, I love your work chat. Like, I, I, how do you do this? And you're like, Oh, well I do it like this. And he's like, cool. And then what if that dude becomes the next, whatever, right. you know, he, you're going to be, you had a, a hand not even knowing in that person's yeah, yeah. going on to do whatever, you know, maybe if, even if you don't get like the recognition or report or, but still you bettered that and you bettered the world of art, you know? Right. And you because better, he's going to go on to inspire. You right. Know? Yeah. You, you, you bettered the world. For sure. You know? And that's and that's what it's all about, man, is making things better. You know? Exactly. And not going backwards and going back to what we were talking about earlier. Like, you got to be positive. You got to go. You got to move forward. You can't look back. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, another thing I brought up with your brother that I, I just, I, ha- I can't, I can't go this interview without bringing it up at least once. Yeah. Is that you and your brother are both super positive super humble totally positive people i've never seen either of you guys be assholes to anybody it's like you guys are so cool and so nice and just up you just have like a positive energy about you so i figure it must be genetic or something with you guys (laughs) we're we're, uh we can well we have our times everybody does but you know like i've been you know, I think as I get older, sometimes I, I become more of an asshole, but, but I don't know if it's more being more of an asshole or being like more of like, ah, oh, dude, I'm not going to deal with that shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You like, don't put up with people's shit that, that sometimes looks like you're being an asshole, but I'm just talking about the general attitude of positive energy, just kind of a general optimistic attitude you guys have. You got to be man, because if you focus on, and, and, and I'd be lying if I said, oh, I'm never negative because fucking that's human you know yeah, what i mean like, absolutely I, I, I things happen in life sometimes where you're 
you fall into being very negative. You right. know what I mean? Like, fuck, man. And then and somebody's tell you, like, dude, you're being negative. Like, it's like, oh, fuck, maybe I am. Or you realize it, you know? And it's like, you know, as long as you're positive, man, like things, things come, you know what I mean? Like you put that, you put it out in the world that the, the universe, you know, comes back to you. You totally, know, man. energy or whatever you want to believe it is. You could believe it's God. You could believe it's whatever. Absolutely. You know, as long as you put it out there and you're, and you're, you try to be the best you could be and you try to be a good person, and, you know, the, the universe will repay you. You know what I mean? As long as you don't expect it to, like, if you're like, oh, I'm going to do this because this person's going to do this for me or the universe is going to do this for me. It's like, no, just do it. You know what I mean? Right. Even if it doesn't come back to you, something will happen. You right. know what I mean? You'll get something, you know? Um, yeah, I think what's the point of being negative, man? It doesn't get you anywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, from from a like a, if you if you look at that from kind of a a magical perspective or uh, you know spiritual or kind of kind of the occult magic perspective, yeah. um, you know, the idea of uh, manifesting your reality, manifesting things in your life is basically you're focusing your energy and intent on something to happen and then you create it in your life right and the universe responds to that and and the basic idea is in all of these spiritual traditions is that you are the same as your environment you are we are all connect we're all the same thing and so and the, and the power you have in this world is to create your own reality to an extent like you can you can affect your reality and so when you're negative all the time you're thinking negative things all the time and you're kind of attracting negativity and you kind of are manifesting negativity all the time. And so that just like turns into a feedback loop to where you keep thinking negative and you're all pissed off because all this bad shit's happening to you, but you're kind of attracting it by thinking, <laughs> you know, continuing to think about it. So it's like having a, you know, on, I think on a, on a spiritual magical level just the principle that you're saying about the universe responds it's like you know you are the universe and if you if you are positive in your own mind your immediate reality around you is just going to bring positivity towards you as well you know for sure it's like you know those things where like uh you're like okay don't fuck up don't fuck up and then you fuck up and you're like oh exactly like, you're, you're telling yourself that or you know like it, <laughs> I had gotten this conversation with somebody and they, we were talking about, you know, creating, you know, your own destiny. And like, I remember my brothers say, write down five goals, put it in a, in a safe, put it away or wherever. And in five years, you know, make it for five years. If you can make that back, those are your goals, you know? And it, it, I think you doing that, you, it, maybe even if you don't believe in like, if you're not spiritual or if you don't, you know, if you're, you're like not believing in the universe or whatever, you're, subconsciously putting that in your mind to make it happen right so like how you're saying it's like yourself you know what i mean you're you're, you're telling yourself okay this is what i'm doing so it's already in your in your head that you're gonna do that yeah you know, you know in in five years i want to show at this gallery you're gonna work your fucking ass off to get into that gallery or to be on tv or do whatever right you know what I mean? it's that and then you know along the along the way you're gonna find those negative things but you just gotta Kind of brush those aside and then move forward right you know? but but yeah it's true it's it, it's it's kind of crazy man it's a it's i think a lot of people need to think more like that you know what i mean i think it'd be better you know people would be happier absolutely I mean? absolutely i i i mean i remember hearing that um i mean what you described your brother saying is basically a kind of magical ritual in a sense because the yeah. whole the whole thing with magic is you create a ritual so that kind of your mind 
your subconscious will focus on the thing that you want, right? So, and ritual for, works well with with the hu- human beings. Basically, respond well to yeah. ritual. But taking those, writing them down, putting them in a box, yeah. putting it away, and saying, "In five years, I'm going to see if I could reach those goals." That's like that's a magical ritual, for sure. really. You know what I mean? But it's very it's coming from a just kind of practical. That's the thing when you start. I've been studying a lot of magic stuff lately. So when when you start to study, you realize it's all very. It's not all woo stuff. It's yeah, very yeah, yeah. like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. you know your focus, your your mind kind of creates your reality. However, how that works, who knows? But but it yeah. it really does. It, it's and I remember hearing that story about. I don't know if you ever heard Jim Carrey put, putting writing a check to himself for a million dollars and keeping it in his yes. wallet, and then it's yeah. like, you know that that's that's another form of it. You know, for sure. Yeah, keeping and that it, present in your mind all the time. And it works, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I know it works because I've done it. You know what I mean? And Same here. You know, I, I haven't, I haven't done like, oh, I'm going to do a million dollars, but I've, other, I've done other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm like, I guess that really doesn't fall into being important. You know, I guess the things I've done is they're, they're important to me. You know what I exactly. mean? Like, exactly. I want to be able to tattoo full time. I want to be able to sell a painting for, you know, $5,000 or something. It's like, fuck man, you, you do it. And you're like, ah, oh, the, like, it's crazy, man. You, you know, like I'm sure you've done a lot of things in your life where you're like, dude, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I got to do this. Like, I can't believe I'm getting to do this. I know it happens. And you're like, you're like, it happened. Wow. Yeah. It's like, it's like, well, what'd you expect? You, you know, you're kind of, you put the energy out there and you also did the work, you know, yeah. it happens. Well, it's crazy. Cause you're like, what did I, what did I do to deserve this? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? You're like, this is awesome. You know? Yeah, that's what that's part of that's part that's, of the process. I think of becoming successful too is allowing yourself to have good things happen to you and not feeling guilty about it. Because I, I mean, I've had that issue also, and I think it comes from like a a, a kind of like a poverty mindset, you know, because yeah. we grew up not having a lot of money, and so it's like there, my parents are always stressed about bills, and that was probably you know not bringing prosperity to them in, in a lot of ways, you know? And it's like, you have to kind of get out of that whole mindset Yeah, that you deserve it. You're worthy of it. You yeah. know? Absolutely, man. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, shit, that's a, that's a great place to stop. <laughs> that's a nice positive message to stop. We're just like at, uh, over an hour and a half. So I, I really appreciate you coming on. This was super fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. I didn't even know it was an hour and a half, man. Uh, I, I don't mean to go... I hope I wasn't rambling too much. No, no, it was great. It was great. Uh, I, that's what I was telling you before we started. It's like, you know, usually people just kind of forget about time and that it's recording and it's just a fun conversation. And a lot of stuff you said is going to be, I think people are going to really find value in that. So I totally, well, totally appreciate you coming on and doing this. It's great you for having me do it, man. I, I, it's, you know what I mean? Like I've looked up to your work for so long and, you know, like my first piece of artwork is, is a piece of yours. You know what I mean? And, um, if, if I could buy every painting you do, dude, I, I would, you know, <laughs> we're like big fans of yours and you're such a great person too, man. It's like, that makes it even better. You know, like buying a piece from somebody they're like, man, that, that guy's a fucking rad dude. Like I, I, I want to buy even more painting from him because just how awesome. You <laughs> Thanks. Only the great artwork. It's, it's your person, you know uh, what I mean? And, and, and that's, that's, so great about it you know what i mean yeah i appreciate that well same uh, like same goes for you guys you know same goes for you guys i love to see i love to see you and your brother both becoming more and more successful because i know you guys deserve it because you're just great people so it's like 
very uh very cool i'm totally stoked to be friends with you guys Me so, thank you i appreciate that it's gra- very gratifying to hear yeah thank you man thank you for letting me be part of this yes and th- well and l- let's thank the audience thank you audience for listening yep. all the, the dark art so- society folks who support this podcast and listen thank you so much for um tuning in and uh if you want to support the patreon you can do it for as little as a dollar a month and it helps pay for everything and that's at patreon.com slash dark art society and i guess that's it so thanks everybody for listening and thank you everybody appreciate it goodbye everybody say goodbye matt see you later (laughs) bye